Sorry, we're a little late this morning. A lot going on. I'll tell you about it in a second. It is Len Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Ravens win. So everything's cool, right? 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 Ravens are 4-3. and three. They just won a game yesterday. And um, try to think of what the call of the day was on the uh, 105.7 The Fan Post Game Show. I believe it was the gentleman who said, it's time for them to go get Sean Payton. They're four and three. They just won. It's time for them to go get Sean Payton to be the head coach. That's what we do. That's who we are. We are a severely broken people, man. You never know. He could be the answer. Thank you, Griffin. I uh, I wrote today that the Ravens are fine. They are. They're fine. Now, I get it. There's problems, but they're fine. On the whole, seven weeks, they're fine. You can read about it at PressBoxOnline.com. We'll talk about it during the morning. A lot to do on the show today. John Feinstein was at the game yesterday. We love John Feinstein. We will catch up with him here in a bit. Uh, he wrote about the Ravens for the Washington Post. Also, later on this morning, we will chat with um, TJ Hushmanzada, who I think you all saw the viral clip of him getting after Orlando Skandrick on their podcast, airing it out about Orlando Skandrick's sort of asinine take about Lamar Jackson. Of course, Lamar probably didn't help matters by being fairly pedestrian yesterday, but such is life. Uh, that's the way that it goes. We'll talk to uh, T.J. Hushmanzada about that, about the Ravens in general, former Ravens wide receiver. We, uh, of course, remember him more as a Bengal, but obviously he had a cup of coffee in Baltimore. Uh, Jeremy Connell join us as he does every Monday. And Will Barton, the um, Wizards guard and Baltimore native, is going to catch up with us to uh, chat about returning home-ish uh, to continue his NBA career after he was traded from the Nuggets this offseason. So all that coming up on the program today. Today's show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. If you were following Live Casino and Hotel on social media last week, you would have seen a devilishly handsome fella tell you, bet Alabama to cover 21, and a half, or 21 against Mississippi State. Check. Bet the Ravens to both win the first half and win regulation, parlay that together in a same-game parlay. Check. You would have also seen a gentleman tell you about a UFC fight, and, you know, that, that didn't that didn't go so well. But other than that, you, you bet with me last week you would have been two for two. So make sure you are following Live Casino in Hotel Maryland on social because that's where I give out the good advice. That's where it's not Griffin picking the games. It's me deciding what I think the best bets are for the week. And, again, two for two, two for Tuesday this week. Um, Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. FanDuel Sportsbook's always the best place to watch and bet on every game, including uh, Patriots-Bears tonight. You can reserve your spot in the FanDuel Sportsbook by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. So the Ravens are fine. They are. They're fine. I'm saying exactly what I'm saying. And this is the problem when people like to hear things that you don't say. I'm not saying I think the Ravens are world beaters. I don't think the Ravens right now are likely to make or win a Super Bowl. The Ravens are fine. Seven games into the season, they're fine. They're imperfect. The frustrating part is that you could see the path where they could be 7-0. and You could see the path where they could be 2-5. and anyway, it's, it's hard to say they didn't deserve to win the Jets or the Patriots games. I, the Bengals game, I don't think there was much luck involved in the Bengals game. I, I think they deserved to win that one. 
you want to say there was luck involved yesterday, I guess. You know, in hindsight, as as insane as the rule is, it definitely appears as though the um, field goal thing was the correct call. It's a bizarre-ass rule. What a weird rule. We're like, yeah, it's okay if you jump off sides uh, just as long as nobody who's close to you moves because of it. I mean, it's just a weird, weird rule. Like, you have to be one and a half persons with uh, away from the person that jumped or else you don't get to say you were drawn off sides. It's, it's, a, it's a very strange scenario, but the rule, as explained by enough smart people, makes it abundantly clear that was correct. If I was a Browns fan, I would be livid about the clock thing. I mean, that's one of the most asinine things I've ever seen. This goes back to the play clock thing from the Giants game. I, I don't know how these things aren't fixable. In no world... Did the block field goal take the clock below two minutes? And whether it was simply an error or, you know, some home cooking on the clock, whatever it was, it that in the NFL shouldn't happen. And the Browns have every right to be furious about it. Because they could have gotten the ball back if they had the benefit of the two-minute warning. They could have gotten the ball back with more time and a chance to go down the field and get a game-tying field goal. Instead, they got the ball back with almost no time left, and there was very little they could do. But does that mean that they were lucky? I'm not willing to go there. I'm not willing to say lucky. Um, they were imperfect. That's what they were. They were imperfect. That's kind of what I expected. There's a reason why I told you to bet halftime regulation and not bet the cover, although admittedly I did pick the Ravens to cover in our silly game, but I think I've told you guys over and over again, a lot of times I do that when I think it's close and it's just more fun. It's more fun that way. I didn't actually feel strongly about the Ravens' ability to cover. I didn't. Again, that's why I said don't bet that. Bet regulation. That's about what I expected. I expected it to be a close game. I expected it to be a hard-fought game. I don't know what we think these games are supposed to look like. I get the sense that if the Ravens don't win every game by three touchdowns, we're going to be furious. But as I said before, how many teams in the NFL do you think have been really good? There have been two. And if you want to throw the Chiefs in still, that's fine. They've been slightly less perfect than we've been used to with the Chiefs. But, you know, obviously they looked really good yesterday. And they still have Patrick Mahomes, and he still looks like Patrick Mahomes at most times, so I get it. They've been slightly less impacted by losing their superstar receiver than the Packers have been. But to say that they've looked the same would be incorrect as well. They have looked beatable, not just by the Bills. They've looked beatable. They've looked imperfect. Two teams have looked really brilliant. One of which has still lost a game. The other, you know, somebody would say hasn't really played a very daunting schedule. That's not, the NFL doesn't work the way you think it does. Now, does that mean the Ravens are set and they're going to win every game? You know, it's easy to point out. They have one team remaining on their schedule that has a winning record at the moment. Not at all. I don't feel confident about them going to Tampa on a Thursday night the nature of Thursday Night Football, I'd feel more confident if the game was on Sunday, but I also, as bad as Tampa looks, and I get it, yesterday might very well be rock bottom. 
as bad as Tampa looks, I still don't rule out at some point them remembering that they're Tom Brady and Mike Evans and a good football team and figuring it out. And it could very well be that this Thursday night is the point at which they figure it out. I'm not confident about anything. I continue to say I think the Ravens are a team that has to play within the margin for error. I don't think they're an overwhelming roster. It was really interesting to me listening. To, I don't know if you guys saw the video the Ravens shared about the, the 2012 players speaking to the 2022 team on Saturday, but how kind of open they were about like not being – maybe it was Anquan Bolden who was very much like, I don't even think we were, we were as good as we were the year before that. I think the team the year before was more talented. And I think most of us would probably agree with that. I think this team is good. I think they're solid. I think they need to figure out more offensive consistency, and I think that comes from two places. Of course, you know, many of you just want it to be about Greg Roman, and I get it. I mean, we're going to do this for forever. Ravens win, fire Greg Roman. Ravens lose, fire Greg Roman. We're just going to keep doing it. I mean, it's boring. It's, it's insanely boring. You don't know why. My, the number of people yesterday were like, make T. Martin the offensive coordinator. You're, you've decided, really in your brain, that the answer for the Ravens to win a Super Bowl is to go with the guy whose offensive coordinator experience is having his play-calling responsibilities stripped away from him at USC because they stunk. And that's it. Like, that's the guy that you've decided is the difference right now in whether the Ravens can win a Super Bowl. We've lost, we don't, we, we can't process, we don't know how to think any longer. We're blinded. As I said a week ago, I'm not sure why the Ravens brought back Greg Roman if they weren't going to be dedicated to a Greg Roman offense. So for all of you that were freaking out about the fact that the Ravens only had one wide receiver on the field yesterday, if that was their statement that we are going to get back to a Greg Roman offense, that at least makes sense. I, you might not love it, but at least it makes sense. It never made sense. Why would you bring back Greg Roman to try to do something else? Now, can it win a Super Bowl? I, I've asked that question for four years. I don't know. I genuinely don't. I cannot tell you if a Greg Roman offense will be able to win a Super Bowl. Came a play away from doing it once upon a time. That's been the best argument that I've gotten from people that say that it can. Is, to be fair, if, you know... They score a touchdown in New Orleans in 2012 on that fourth down play. They probably beat the Ravens and win a Super Bowl with a Greg Roman offense. And I don't know that what we saw yesterday was them, you know, writing, rewriting things and saying we are going to be hell-bent on getting back to doing the things that we, we should have been doing or if it was just the game plan for one game. I don't know those answers. I have questions about Greg Roman. There are times where I don't necessarily like in-game play calls. But the bit that we've all done where we've decided that's all on Greg Roman versus putting it on Lamar Jackson when we complain about first, first drive of the second half. It's nothing but throws. You guys saw what happened. They threw on first down. Gus Edwards was wide open in the flat. 
Lamar Jackson had an eternity to find him, decided not to throw the ball to him for whatever reason, kept backing up, took a seven-yard sack. They're completely behind the sticks. They no longer have the option to run. You are mad that they didn't run. For some reason, you've absolved Lamar Jackson of his responsibility to throw the ball to the guy that's wide open and had a ton of room to run in front of him. Why that is, again, probably because you like Lamar Jackson. And I get it. I like Lamar Jackson, too. I don't have a jersey. Uh, My son does. My son has a Lamar Jackson jersey. But I love Lamar Jackson. It's just that, you know, I, I won't be blinded by this is the guy I like and this is the guy I don't, so I'll always criticize this guy and never criticize the other. There are things that confuse me about the offensive play calling sometimes. I'm equally as confused as to why Lamar Jackson continues to refuse to take checkdowns. And yesterday, you can say, well, he didn't get that many opportunities to pass. Well, he got more opportunities. There were a lot other, there were more play pass plays that were called. And he just kept running backwards. I don't know what happened yesterday. I don't know if it's about his hip. I don't know what it was. But yesterday, Lamar kept running backwards. Ten steps backwards. Jittery. Not the guy that we saw for the first three weeks of the season, who was in utter and complete command of the offense. A guy that felt lost. And you could say, you know, he made a nice throw to Duvernay. He did in the first half. That was a really nice throw. The throw to Bateman was not a nice throw, but had a very good result late in the first half. That was a back foot mess that he got away with and was a huge, I mean, it was a, a major turning point in the game because the Ravens were doing nothing offensively up until that point. And then they put together their touchdown drive and you kind of never look back from that point. But it wasn't a good throw. It was the type of thing that we brought up with Lamar. Hey, you, when you get away with these things, you can feel good about them, but there's danger in you thinking you can do that. Because that leads to what we saw a week ago against the Giants where you just try to be Superman. He was at he was pedestrian yesterday. Which isn't trash, which isn't garbage. He was pedestrian. He was okay. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Somebody who called into the post-game show was like, well, that's pedestrian by Lamar standards. That's fine. Do you, do you want... Do we want to minimize what Lamar's standards are? Do we want to judge him by Justin Field's standards? Is that where we are with Lamar? Is it that bad? I, I think if that's the case, we know that they can't win a Super Bowl. We understand that you don't pay that guy $300 million or $500 million, whatever it's going to be. I, I think, I think we understand that, don't we? Yes, I judge him by Lamar Jackson standards because that's their path to winning a championship is Lamar Jackson standards. I don't think this team is good enough to win a championship if Lamar Jackson doesn't play like that. And again, you can be mad at whoever you want to be mad at, but you can't pretend like Lamar Jackson played particularly well yesterday. He didn't hurt them. He did what he needed to do. You can say whatever you want to say, but you can't come away with it saying, boy, Lamar was really great yesterday. 
he might still show up and pats on the ass. I haven't decided yet because, frankly, there weren't a lot of options. There was not a, it was not a brilliant day for, um, you know, pats on the ass, uh, ass options. It was a weird day where, like, statistically, the Browns are the better team on both sides of the ball. Well, kind of doesn't make sense. But um, the Ravens won, and that's all that matters. The Ravens are fine through seven games. They're fine. They're not world beaters. They're fine. This is, they don't give a Super Bowl title out after week seven. The Eagles don't get to hold a parade because they're the best team through seven weeks. You Avoiding spiraling matters. I know that it doesn't feel like it matters. It feels like it's a ho-hum. Got to go ahead and call John. Um, it feels like it's a ho-hum win over the Browns. But it could have been a spiral. And it wasn't. And that does matter. I swear to it, that matters. Today's show also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Go to GinsuGrills.com right now. Use the code TAILGATE, and you'll save $100 on your order. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is the perfect home grill or tailgate for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Again, reserve yours today, ginsugrills.com. Use that code TAILGATE. You save $100 on your order. And you can stop by any Ravens home game this season. So I know it's going to be a few weeks. Ravens, of course, on the road for the next two and then the bye following that. But any home game the rest of the season, stop by the game day firehouse at the Firefighters Union Hall just west of the stadium, 1202 Ridgely Street, and try out the cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can also... Uh, register to win your own. You can register to win not only your own Ginsu Kamado Grill, but also $500 worth of grilling meats. Get me your pats on the ass. Five Ravens. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. The fifth can be whoever you like. Rank them five to one. We will get that up. We will continue to share them throughout the day. Get them to me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Pat's on the ass. Five Ravens, two must-be offensive players, two must-be defensive players. Number one, of course, being your man of the match. Get them to me at Glenn Clark Radio right now. This man took some time out of his day to come watch the Ravens yesterday. Wrote about him for the Washington Post. It's always a pleasure to catch back up with our friend, talented author, all-around good guy, Mr. John Feinstein, who's back with us here on GCR. John, it's Glenn. It's been too long, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us. Glenn, glad to do it. How are you? I'm all right. What, what made you interested in going to see the Ravens yesterday? Well, I think, as you know, I, I, I still follow the Ravens, even though it's been 18 years since I, I did minute. Next Man Up. Uh, but you know, I, I, I still know a lot of people in the organization, whether it's Steve Bishotti or John Harbaugh or Eric DaCosta or Ozzy, who's still around. And, um, so I, I, I like going to games up there. It's completely, it's 180 degrees different than going to a game in Washington. <laughs> um, and I thought this was a crucial game for them. Uh, you know, they've blown three, three leads in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Everybody says, well, they could be six and oh, except they're not, they're three and three. And they had to win this game against the Browns. Um, and it turned out to be, you know, a very difficult game for them, right? From the beginning, the Browns go right down the field and score on the first possession. They're behind 10-3, and the Ravens are. And, and, and then Kevin Stefanski makes a really dumb coaching mistake with that challenge. 
that really turned the game around. But anyway, I, I, I went because uh, I thought there'd be a good column in it, and there was, I think. I agree. Uh, you know what's interesting to me, John? I, I come away from this saying, you're right, I think this was an absolute must-win game. I think the cost of losing a game like that could have been – things could have gotten bad. They could have gotten ugly quickly. I come away from it saying – Look, I don't think anybody believes the Ravens are world beaters after seven weeks right. or they're the, the team to beat in the AFC, but this is week seven of the NFL season. I, I think they're fine. They have to continue to, to move towards being a better football team, but they don't give away trophies after seven weeks. I think they're fine where they are. Yeah, they're fine where they are right now. Thursday night will be an important and interesting challenge because Tampa Bay has been horrible. Uh, just like the Packers have been horrible. I'm furious with the Packers for losing in Washington yesterday. But um, and, and they're playing at home, uh, and, and they're 3-4. and four. And, and I think I saw a stat that Tom Brady's never been under 500 this deep into a season in his entire career of 107 years. Yeah. And, yeah, and so that, that's going to be uh, you know, a desperation game for Tampa Bay, and it's an important game for the Ravens because, as you say, it's it's not like they're they're gonna run away and and win the division. The Bengals are have righted themselves, and uh, the Steelers aren't the Steelers anymore. We know that. Um, but the next two weeks on the road are going to be pretty critical games. But at least they're in a positive position at four and three, rather than a negative position at three and four. In the NFL, we only play 17 games. You know, that kind of difference is, is, is important both in terms of the numbers and psychologically uh, inside uh, a team's facility when they report to work this week. You know, it's something that Drew and I, and I don't, I don't know who the first person was to say it, and so I never know who to credit, but I, I'll hear constantly the hardest thing to do in sports is to stop losing, right? That, like, once it's, right. once it's in your blood, once it's part of who you are, it becomes very difficult to shake that stench off. It can go for the rest of a season. It can go for... You know, eternity, as you reference a franchise to our south, uh, although they did win a football game yesterday. Um, yeah, but like, they've got bigger problems than winning. Uh, yes, <laughs> correct. Far bigger. Far bigger, obviously. Far bigger. But that, that thing is, is significant. Like, I, I know it doesn't sound like it's an accomplishment to say, well, the Ravens haven't spiraled. None of these bad losses have led to them spiraling. Like, you're not going to hang a banner for avoiding spiraling. But, John, I do think right. it matters. I think it matters, and it's a statement about a, about a coaching staff, about leadership within a team, that as bad as some of these losses have been, blowing double-digit leads in the second half, they've bounced back the following week and righted the ship. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you know, it's like I wrote in a column, losing teams find ways to lose, Correct. which the Browns did late in the fourth quarter there with the two penalties, and winning teams usually find ways to win, not all the time, um, but more often than not, so that they, they're competitive uh, during a season and year in and year out. The Ravens have been competitive year in and year out for a long time now, um, and that's a credit to... Steve Bishotti and Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh and Brian Billick before. Um, you know, it's, it's been fun most of the time to be a, a football fan in Baltimore. And, you know, the, the, the losing streak last year at the end of the season, to me, was strictly the result of Lamar Jackson getting hurt. Yep. And, and, and I think people uh, both around the league and, and even in Baltimore tend to underrate Lamar's importance to this team. If you look yesterday, if anybody but Lamar Jackson is the quarterback, they, they would have had eight sacks because uh, the offensive line was really struggling. And usually it was against the front four, not against the blitz. Uh, and, and Lamar, you know, has ways of avoiding 
tacklers in the backfield that nobody else has. Uh, and, and, you know, you can run a play like the one they ran on the fourth and one um, where they ran a pitch play to him it was awesome. uh, from Mark Andrews. It was great. It was awesome. Uh, but, 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 you know, the, the fact that they have Lamar Jackson and he can do the things that he does, it doesn't mean they win all the time. He made a terrible play in that Giants game trying to throw that pass after the, the missed snap. Um, but uh, he still makes a hell of a lot more great plays than he makes bad plays. He is John Feinstein, Washington Post. Of course, uh, he's with us here on GCR. We'll link up his column if you haven't read it yet, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. John, you bring up Lamar. Look, and I am about the biggest Lamar fan there is. Um, a- acknowledging you know, the mess kind of last week, and then yesterday just sort of being a little pedestrian. He was... The first three weeks of the season, he looked like the best quarterback in football. I mean, he looked like a guy yep. that you're going to have to give a billion dollars to. He looks so good. <laughs> what do you make of the last couple of weeks and just sort of it not being fully – like yesterday it was you know missing the check down to Gus Edwards on the first play of the second half because he was moving backwards. And I, I don't know, the check downs have always sort of seemed to be something he doesn't like taking in his career um, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't bad, to your point. It's not like he played poorly yesterday. He just no. sort of seemed, I don't know, a, a little not fully there, or certainly not to the standard that we've now gotten to with Lamar Jackson. Right, and that's a good point, Clint, because there's a tendency to expect him, you know, what, what, what's the perfect quarterback rating, 169 or right, something, yeah, well, uh, every game because yeah. he's so good. Um, and, you know, a lot of it yesterday – or at least some of it was game plan. Gus Edwards had a good day running the football, um, miraculous comeback, and good for him. Um, and and you know that last drive, uh, the real drive, they took six minutes off the clock. They ran it ten times. He threw two short passes that were complete, and they were they were going to end the game until Hills fumble. And uh, and and that's what you want. You didn't want him to be spectacular in that drive. You wanted him to kill clock. And, you know, it's very easy to nitpick when a guy is as good as Lamar Jackson has been and is. And, uh, and, and I'm going to say it, Glenn. I'm sorry. I, I, I think there's a racial element no, to it. No, I know, still. John. I don't, dis- I don't, and, uh, I don't disagree. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and, it makes it tough because I'll tell you, it almost, I think I've told you this before when we talked about raise a fist, take a knee. I almost get worried about criti- criticizing Lamar Jackson because I don't want it to come off as the insane right. criticism that he faces. Like I think you have right. to be able to criticize a quarter. You know, the thing is, you point out the thing that happened against the Giants. Dan Orlovsky can't do it. No NFL quarterback can make that throw. I don't care who you are. You can't ever make that throw. No, it's just a bad play. Right, and we yeah. have to be able to say that. But I'm I'm loath sometimes to do it because I I I hate some of the insane criticism that Lamar has faced right. during his career. And I actually heard someone on I don't remember where, but it was a local station here this past summer say that Lamar was an average quarterback. I mean, what are you watching? I have no idea. What and, and it's one thing to say he makes a bad play here, he makes a bad play there. Everybody does. Tom Brady makes bad plays, has made bad plays throughout his career, but he's the greatest quarterback ever. Um, but, but it's not just Lamar, of course. I'm, I'm reading a story on a website this morning wondering if the Buccaneers should change coaches after seven games. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, it wasn't coaching that caused Mike Evans to drop that football right. on the third play of the game. Right. And, and, you, and, and when was the last time you saw a white coach? Uh, people talk about a white coach losing his job after seven games. 
It just doesn't happen. That's just the nature of our country, unfortunately. And it's not just sports fans by any stretch. We know that. But uh, to me, I, I, I think I know Steve Bishotti well enough to know he's going to find a way to get Lamar signed. And it, the, the problem, of course, is I'm sure you've discussed multiple times on your show, is that if Lamar and his mom are going to sit down and say, okay, Deshaun Watson's getting $230 million guaranteed for five years. That's where we start the negotiations. Right, correct. Because Lamar's better than Watson, correct. and he doesn't have the troubled personal life that Watson has. And I don't think that's unreasonable on, on their part. And, 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 and Steve and Eric DaCosta have got to find a way to get him signed because they cannot afford as a franchise. It's like when the Nationals traded Juan Soto. Um, they traded a generational talent for a bunch of prospects. And, you know, if you read the, the media here in D.C., all of them are going to be all-stars. Right, right. Except in real life, it doesn't happen that way. And I, uh, the one thing I will guarantee you is none of them will be as good as Juan Soto. Probably. And, 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 and who are you going to bring in as quarterback, whether through the draft or free agency, who's going to be as good as Lamar Jackson? Um, and he's 26 years old. I think it's insane, John. I think it's ins- this is the way the league works. You figure out if you have a quarterback or not, and then if you do, you got a chance. So you pay him a boatload of money, and yeah, you hang it, on for dear life. Right. right. It, it, to, to everybody's point, it might hurt you somewhere. There might be something you want to do that you're not able to do. I mean, the, we, the cap is kind of blown out of proportion sometimes because there's always fan. You there's can always ways around exactly it. right. You can always finagle the cap, but you accept that. Like if if having Lamar Jackson costs you having a veteran somewhere else or forces you to have to draft better as much as everybody wanted to blame Joe Flacco's contract for the demise of the Ravens. Nobody wanted to talk about their drafting in the years that followed. Nobody wanted to talk about how Matt Elam, Terrence Brooks, Kamalai Correa, Bronson Kafusi, Arthur, Arthur Brown, the early round picks for the Ravens who have a history of being yeah. great at drafting. And, and you're for, you're forgetting the guy who, whose name I always forget, who was the first round pick, the wide receiver. Oh, Brashad Perryman. Thank too. you. Yes. Yeah. Brashad, but couldn't catch a cold. Correct. A hundred percent. Yeah, like, yeah. No, you, you you're right. And and by the way, Joe earned it. Right. That's the way it works. You know, he yep. said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna gamble on myself," and they won the Super Bowl. And he was fantastic in postseason. That's a fact. That's uh, all. These things are facts. You you know that they are all facts. Um, John, should the Ravens be looking to be aggressive? Like you know, the funny thing yesterday, they lined up only one wide receiver for a lot of plays, but. Oh my we, God! Their wide receivers are bad. That's so. Should they be looking to be aggressive at the deadline for another wide receiver, or if there's someone there, yeah. if there's someone there who can really help, but and without giving up, you know, an important uh, important player or draft picks. Um, I don't know that you know that there's a reason why there isn't much trading at the den- deadline in the NFL. Um, but God, they need help in the wide receiver. You talked about Lamar having an ordinary game. Mark Andrews didn't catch a ball. That's correct. If Mark Andrews doesn't catch a ball, who's he throwing to? Yep. Yep. You know, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Andrews wasn't a hundred percent. Um, and of course defenses are, uh, defenses are really ganging up on him because again, they know there's no real outside threat. All facts. I mean, all facts. Look, I mean, Rashad Bateman dropped a pretty bad ball in the second half. I have no idea. He did. I mean, that was bad. I like Rashad Bateman, but, you know, there's nothing at this point that says he's a number one receiver in the NFL. Like, he's, he's, he's talented. I think he's good. I think he's better than some other guys they've had. But, yeah. Right, but you need more than talent. Exactly. exactly. You, you know, the thing that Andrews does that makes him great, and I think he's great, is he makes the tough catches. Right. And the best receivers make that. Jerry Rice made more tough catches than anybody in the history of football. 
And, and it wasn't just his speed. I mean, like I said, Rashad Perriman ran a 4-3-40, for Christ's sake. But he couldn't catch the football. You know, I, I, that was the, his rookie year was the year I was doing the, the book on quarterbacks. So I, I saw a lot of games. Yep. And, it, Glenn, if I had a dollar for every oh, ball he dropped oh, that was, was right in his stomach, uh, you and I could both retire. No doubt. It was atrocious. It was so no. bad. Hey, uh, it, jo- it was painful to watch. John, uh, I'm assuming you're back with the uh, UMBC this season. No, I'm not. Oh, oh I'm yeah. not. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's unfortunate. I'm yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Basically, uh, without boring you w- w- with details, Brian Barrio didn't really want me back. Oh, well, I'm he not. he wanted somebody who would be cheaper. Um, you know, Tim Hall always got. I think got the idea that that uh, uh, I brought a certain amount of credibility to the program. Um, with my presence, I know Ryan Odom did too, and and I think Jim Ferry did. But uh, from day one, Brian Barrio was always, you know, we just we didn't get along. Let's I, put it that way. I so hope. I'll be doing a lot of games for other teams, but not UMBC. And it's unfortunate because I loved my six years there. I apologize. I did. I did not know that, and I'm. I'm I no, how I would you? Mean to, I did not mean to cause. Let me let me ask you instead. We put uh, Kevin Willard on the cover of the new issue of Press Box this month. What what are your early mm-hmm. impressions of Kevin? Well, I've known Kevin a long time because I knew his dad really well, sure. dating back to when I did my Patriot League book 22 years ago, God help me. Um, and I like Kevin personally. Uh, I think he did a hell of a job at Seton Hall. Um, the thing I'm going to say is this. Um, I thought Mark Turgeon was a good coach. And the, the biggest problem Mark had was that he wasn't Gary Williams. And he didn't win as much as Gary Williams. Um, and he didn't have Gary's personality. Maryland fans loved Gary's personality, as we know. Uh, I love it, too. Yep. Um, but I, you know, I go back to, to uh, 2000 when Gary had been there, what, 11 years at that point? And I had Maryland fans, when I'd go to games, coming up to me saying, you know, we need to get rid of Gary. He's just a Sweet 16 coach. Right. And that's fans. That's what right. they do. Right. And, and Mark's teams were consistently good, but they were never great. And they never got past the Sweet 16. And Maryland fans are extremely spoiled because of what Gary did. And so he basically, you know, ran for cover. Uh, Kevin is not Gary, personality-wise. He's a good guy. He's a good coach. And the key for him is going to be two things. One, how he recruits as for any coach. And whether the Maryland fans will just sort of back off a little bit and, and let him do his thing. You know, if they, if they don't have a great year this year, that doesn't mean he's not a great coach. You know, I point out to people that in this day and age, neither Dean Smith nor Mike Krzyzewski would have coached a fourth year. Mm. And, mm. you know, mm. you, you, you've got to understand that, you know, Rome, neither Rome nor basketball programs are built in a day. And I'm not saying Maryland needs to build from the bottom, even though they had a bad record last year. It's still, it's still Maryland. It's still a very solid program. Um, and I think Kevin's going to do a good job. I just hope people will give him a little space. Uh, at Jay Feinstein Books on Twitter is how you follow him. Raise a fist, take a knee. Would really encourage you guys to pick it up. Is there? Is there? I mean, it's been a couple of months since you put out a book, John. Do you have something else <laughs> coming? Like it? Yeah, 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 I do. Raise yeah. a fist, take a knee. Still selling because the reviews have been so good. I'm glad to say. But I just finished a book that I think you're going to want to read because it's on David Faraday, oh, okay. who is one of the most fascinating people I've met in sports. You know, his story is remarkable. Grew up in the Troubles in Northern Ireland, uh, alcoholic, addict, one of the two funniest people I've ever known, along with Jim Valvano. Um, good player. People forget he, he was a good player. He was on that famous 91 Ryder Cup team and beat Payne Stewart in the singles. Um, lost a son. 
uh, to a drug overdose. Uh, he, he's lived, his life has been both incredibly funny and rewarding and, and incredibly tragic. And uh, spent a lot of time with him, obviously. And uh, the book will be out before next year's U.S. Open. Very good. I look forward to it. John Feinstein, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for doing this this morning. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for having me. John Take Feinstein, care. the uh, great columnist of the Washington Post, uh, checking in after he checked out the uh, Ravens yesterday. And again, yep, we put Kevin Willard on the cover of Press Box this month. Uh, really good lengthy sit-down that Stan the Fan and I had with the new Maryland basketball coach. Encourage you to go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. When we come back in, we're going to recap picks and... Um, I think that's uh, it, right? Yeah, I think we might have to do something else. I think we might have to do something else. Griffin's going to have to make a run to the kitchen here in a second. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite Mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 1140 a.m. 
And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. Back in here on GCR, I should point out, as we were just talking about college hoops, that uh, Patrick Stevens and I will be doing our annual college basketball preview show. I guess you should probably tell Griffin this. We're going to have to start at like 9 a.m. next Monday morning. Um, cool. Yeah, it's the way it is. Like, just the, the nature of when guys are available because of practice schedules. I, I, we got to schedule everything out so that we can get all the local coaches involved. I know Pat Scary is going to be coming by. I believe uh, Tavares Hardy from Loyola is coming by. Other guys might not be able to come in. They might uh, call in, but... We'll catch up with all the area coaches next Monday morning as Patrick Stevens and I host our annual college basketball preview show. We will be starting at early, probably at 9 a.m. next Monday morning. You would say, well, Glenn, that's weird. Aren't Mondays for talking Ravens? They they play on Thursday night, of course, this week. So um, you know, there's a long time to kill between a Thursday night game and a Monday game the following week. Just going to be a really awkward few weeks going Thursday night, Monday night, uh, bye. It's going to really throw us off our typical pattern for how we handle football weeks but Thursday night this week against the Buccaneers which like I always this is this is crazy to me Monday on a week where you play on Thursday night it's the same time away from the game as a Thursday is in a normal week this is a Thursday in a normal week it's bizarre just a bizarre thing that the NFL does um all right so there's that now let's get into picks recap Picks recap. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something like, do we have to? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, do we have to? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Right, right, right on top of things. Exactly what I wanted to uh, Picks recap is brought to you this week by the Tyus Bowser Show, which returns Tuesday, November 1st. So that's one week from tomorrow night. We will be back in action at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Look forward to seeing you there. Tyus and a special guest will be joining us, hopefully after he makes a season debut on Thursday night. That'd be really nice if it played out that way. God, I would really be very happy if that were the case. November 1st is the date. We will see you at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialists. We will see you on November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. All right. Uh, we pick three college games and six NFL games every week. The college games went thusly. First up, Northwestern Maryland. Maryland was favored by 14.5. As I said then, that didn't make sense when we thought that Talia Tungavailoa might not play. I don't know what the line would have been. I don't know what it closed at. Like, I don't know once there was more confidence. I said the fact that it didn't change all that much made me kind of wonder if people thought Vegas thought he was playing. Ultimately, Billy Edwards played. Maryland has some other problems. There were The defense is not playing as well as I think it should be, particularly against some of these teams they played in recent weeks. Uh, by the way, don't look now. Wisconsin has righted the ship after firing their coach, Jim Leonard, has them playing good football. So Maryland coming out of the bye, hopefully gets Talia Tungavailoa back because that trip to Wisconsin all of a sudden looks far trickier than when we were kind of putting in this group of winnable games that Maryland had ahead of it. Um, Wisconsin's playing good football. They just took care of business against Purdue on Saturday. Ultimately, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who was crazy enough to pick Maryland to cover, especially if like there was – some sort of punishment at stake. Uh, uh, Kyle Ottenheimer got points for that one. I'm, I'm thinking, well, I uh, don't know. Nobody else did. Nobody else did. 
really weird. You're really weird. Uh, credit to Syracuse. They were game for the fight against Clemson. They they looked very competitive. Um, in fact, they had a lead uh, in the second half of that game. Ultimately, they didn't win. They lose 27 to 21. Paul Valley and Ken Zalis got those points. A lot of like internet scuttlebutt about the fact that apparently Clemson students always go down on the field after games, win or lose, to sing the alma mater, and it looks like they're rushing the field, which <laughs> makes no sense because, again, they're they're the really good team. They shouldn't be rushing the field after a win against Syracuse. I, I, don't, I don't get all that worked up about it. I don't try to govern these types of things. I do think that there are some times where it's just flat-out embarrassing. I remember Maryland – in basketball one year, I want to say around like 05, the 05-06 season maybe, um, played their first ACC game of the year was against Boston College. Boston College happened to be undefeated at that point, and so they had a high ranking. But they hadn't beaten anyone. They hadn't played anyone. There was nothing that said that Boston College was good. Maryland beat Boston College, and there was like a smattering of students that decided they wanted to rush the floor, and everybody else was just like, what are you doing, dude? It's Boston College. What is this? It was a very awkward scene. just remember being there that night. Uh, UCLA, Oregon. Uh, Oregon looks the part, man. They took care of business, 45-30, to 30, covering the 6.5 against UCLA. Griffin with a much-needed point yes, in that yeah, one. Yeah, felt good after that. Paul and Ken also got important points in that game. Atlanta-Cincinnati, it's, it's the streak is finally over. Atlanta yeah. takes their first loss of the season. We had all been continuing to ride with the idea of Atlanta covering. This is the first game they failed to cover. Cincinnati looked great. Tyler Boyd was a monster. Thank you to uh, my buddy Will Steele, who I was playing in fantasy this week, for keeping Tyler Boyd on his bench. Wow. Bless you, pal. Wow. Bless you. I mean, it made sense. There was no reason to yeah. play Tyler Boyd. Um, but it would have been nice for him if he did. Uh, only that was a lone wolf pick for Proctor. And a big point, because otherwise he had a miserable week. <laughs> Desperately needed that point. Um, uh, Tennessee, Indiana, er, Tennessee, Indianapolis never understood the, the the all of a sudden the fascination with the Colts. I had a whole debate with you guys about that. I'm like, what what do you think you're seeing in the like you're criticizing I mean, the Titans? What do you think you're seeing in the Colts? If they had a quarterback, I think they'd be such a good team. I I agree, but like that didn't change over the course of the weekend. I thought they were gonna get. I thought they were gonna cover the two and a half for a minute. I thought they would score a touchdown, make it nineteen to seventeen, yeah. and, then, and then just lose. Yeah. And then I'll, and then I'll well, they didn't. Would, I no, they didn't. No, they, they didn't. They, they didn't yeah, do they that. Didn't do that. They lost nineteen to ten. They didn't cover, and that was uh, that was pretty important for you. Yeah, it was. That was the one. That was the one. That actually clinched things in that moment because we had picked everything else the same way. Tennessee gets the win. They sweep the Colts for the year, and they are in command in the AFC South. Uh, Jets-Broncos, of course, I, I don't think it much matters that Russell Wilson didn't play. I don't think the result would have been any different, but Denver musters nine points. And – for John Feinstein's point about like how many times do you call for a white coach to get fired after seven games, I think we need to be fair here. Hackett should have been fired after Nathaniel one game. Nathaniel Hackett absolutely does not deserve to continue to be the coach. <laughs> it is a, a utter disaster there. Um, Jets are rolling, 16-9 winners. Uh, Denver was favored by a point insanely. Myself, Griffin, John Proctor, and Kyle Ottenheimer all got that point. Uh, Seattle not just covering but winning outright. Don't break up the Seahawks. Break them up, baby. The Geno Smith show back in action yesterday. Seahawks crushed the Chargers 37-23. to 
Uh, not just covering Kenneth but Walker winning getting right. a solid twenty eight points on, right. my, on my bench. That's right. Oh, because I have because I have because I have Ramondre Stevenson who I decided uh, to play over him, and okay. then I have Kamara and uh, who's my other running back that I played. Well, I can't even remember. He's good. All right. If you say play? so. If you say so. Uh, everybody but Proctor and Ottenheimer got that point. Everybody was on the Chiefs, and for a second it looked hairy in the first half. The 10-point lead for the 49ers right out of the shoot. You were like, oh, my. You know, maybe getting Christian McCaffrey does make all the difference. Damian Pierce, that's my other That's your other guy. I forgot about him. So I decided maybe, to bench Kenneth Walker. Maybe. Can't uh, do that again. Uh, Kansas City ultimately rolls 44-23. We all get that point, and um, only Stecka and KZ were on Cleveland, so they come away with a point there because the Browns cover the 6.5. So for the week, the bottom of the table – or the bottom for the week, John Proctor and Kyle Ottenheimer both go three and six. That's rough. Griffin, Paul Valley, and Andrew Stecka all go four and five. Not the end of the world. Because the leaders, Ken and I were at the top of the table. We only went five and four this week. So Ken's still on top by a game at 36 and 32 for the year. I'm 35 and 33 a game back. But there's starting to be a little separation now to the next group. Proctor, four games back. Kyle, five games back. Griffin, five games back. Paul Valley, six games back. And he's still breathing comfortably because Andrew Stecker remains ten games back and four games clear as the worm. Again, we're playing for a little cash at the top and at the bottom, trying to avoid being the one who has to eat a worm burger that will be prepared by a buddy, Tim in Bel Air, and uh, also perform the worm from Scotty Too Hot. He gets stink-faced like Rikishi and uh, dress up like the worm Dennis Rodman in a wedding dress. That's what's at stake. But this week, there was something else at stake. The other thing that was at stake this week was a side bet that Griffin and I almost forgot to make that was suggested. Did you take a picture? you, you got to do a better job yeah, of taking. You're right, you're right. I know we had a kind of a crazy morning this morning, but you got to do a better job of taking pictures and like building things up and we, we're not good at that. We, there's a lot of things we're not good at, but that is definitely on the list. We need to have some build to these things. So Nick Kelly, a few weeks back, sent me this old advertisement. I don't know. Do you have a cup of some sort over there? Yeah. Got, okay. my, got my Orioles uh, 30th anniversary is, Camden Yards how many, cup. How many ounces is that? This cup? is technically a 32. Um, I think we, what, we agreed on 24. It's 32 ounces? Yeah, it is. I, I measured it yesterday to make sure. And, uh I was shocked. Like, I got a lot of questions. Up to the, about yeah, I mean, that. up to the top. It goes 32. I got a lot of questions about that. Um, he sent me this old advertisement. A little trick that makes a treat. 7-Up and milk. Mix chilled 7-Up and cold milk in equal parts by pouring the 7-Up gently into the milk. Do not stir. The 7-Up adds a light and delicate flavor, making a delicious blended food drink. Now, it sounds terrible, but I am nervous that they were on to something. I don't think. There's and, no way. And it I might know. be good. So what you're going to do, we agreed to 24 ounces. So you're going to pour in first the 12 ounces of milk. Yes. And then we add 12 ounces of 7-Up because it does say mix. Uh, yeah. Well, it says don't, not to like mix it, right? Or does it? It says pour the 7-Up gently into the milk. Okay. And then All right. Just so make sure, it. hey, make sure it's gentle okay. or it won't be good. If you violently pour that 7-Up. This is going to suck. But if you want it to be delicious, then you gently pour that 7-Up into that milk. Rock the baby to bed. Rock, rock it. Put your princess down sweetly to sleep. All right, so 12 ounces of milk first. Did you? What kind of milk did you go with? Whole milk. Whole milk was your choice. Yes. Are you always a whole milk yeah, fan? Yeah, typically, yeah. What type, what type of milk does uh, – that's what Jim Harbaugh drinks, correct? He's a whole, <laughs> whole milk guy. He's, of course, an obsessed milk drinker. He goes out to a nice steakhouse and orders a milk. 
wow. Jim Harbaugh. He is a psychopath that way. Not the only thing that makes him a psychopath. Uh, you got you got the milk this morning. Yeah, yes. Or I got it last night. But got it last yeah, night. Yeah, All right. All right. So it's not not expired or anything no. like that. We're good. No. So you got the milk. Now you're gonna add the seven up. Yes. All right. Yes. What are you expecting from this? Do you, ooh, ooh, hello. Do you think it's going to be? I think it's gonna. I, I feel like it's gonna taste like expired milk almost. I'm not sure. Like mm. I feel like it's going to be sour for some reason. I, f- I understand that. I am interested in two things. One, the consistency of the concoction. Two. All right, gentle pour coming. Okay, yeah. Make, very gentle. As ge- I want you to be, just cradle that thing. You I, Hey, tell it you love it. Tell it. It's a sweet, it's a sweet baby boy. You're my baby. Ooh, ooh. Maybe sing it. Sing it to sleep. That's what I do with my sons sometimes. Sing, sing Obla D Obla dies. You pour that. That's a little violent, Griffin. Yeah, yeah. It's a little violent the way you're pouring that seven up. Oh, it's rising because it's like. Is it definitely 24 ounces? It's probably more. Mm, I'm going to trust you on this. I would it's maybe defi- not leave. I would not leave an uncapped seven up bottle sitting right next to the computer. I just wouldn't do that. I would make sure we put that cat back on it. Yeah, th- I think that's a better play. Exactly right. So now, uh, can you show the camera the concoction? All right, can you uh, show it to me? Show it. Let me see what that it, looks it like. It looks like it's like curdled. Curdled, yeah. Let me see it. Let me see it. Ah, that looks gross. That looks disgusting. Like a, like I guess like a root beer float. It's, but which I guess is what the thought is. Uh, being honest with you, don't. it doesn't smell bad at all. I, that's what I'm worried about. It smells tasty. See that? Yeah. Smells pretty good. All right. Smells pretty good. So is your plan to pound it or is mm, you're going to nurse it? No, I was thinking of nursing it, but pounding it might not be the worst. I, I almost wonder if you don't, if you just want to get it over with. Yeah. If you just don't want to have this be something that's sitting with you for a while. All right. First tip, I guess I'll go. Okay. And then it's, the just describe end. it and then maybe we pound the rest of it. All right. Let's see. So Griffin enjoying... His, we should. I probably should take a picture of the concoction. Take a picture. No, no, like with your camera. Take a picture of the concoction. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's tastes a little sour. Yeah. But yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not the worst Damn thing it. in the world. Damn it! It. Yeah. The. I mean, the consistency is different. But I mean, I guess it's like. I guess it's meant to be like kind of like a root beer. I almost wish you would lie one of but, these weeks and just yeah. be like, "Glad I'm in hell." I feel like it would be better for the show. If you would be in, I don't, I don't want you to be fake. I don't want, I don't like doing fake bits necessarily. But like, I do, I do kind of hate yeah. the no sell here. There's very much. All right. a, I mean, you gonna pound it? You gonna pound yes, it? Yes, I, I guess so. All right, is the ca- the camera's not back on you, is it? Let's get it back on you as you pound this. Let's make sure that uh, we don't miss this for when we put the put this up later. Let's go, chug, 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 chug. Oh God, he might puke. Chug, chug. Gonna take a break. Oh, um, lame, lame. It's, I, I feel lame. like it's. I taste mostly I remember, Seven Up. I remember my first milk in Seven Up. You, uh, how much do you have left? Uh, probably a little more than half. Really? Yeah, that been, was pathetic. I know. I'm not. A gr- a really, I'm not a great chug. That was a really pathetic effort. Great. You're like 22. It should be in your wheelhouse. You should know how to play video games and chug, and that's about it. What the hell is going on in your life? Oh God. Oh, are you gonna puke? It'd be great. It would be really great for the show if you puked. I just, I just need you. To, hey, listen to me. If you puke, you make sure you do it on the air. You got it? Oh, there we go. That's our champion. Oh God. Oh, 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 oh. 
You gonna puke? No, I don't think so. No, 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 I don't think so. All right. Um, How you feeling? Uh, yeah. It's so, <laughs> so weird, like, cause it. I, it's, it's like, like the, the 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 there's like milk scum on the side of the cup. Like the. the oh yeah. It doesn't look great. It's like the foam. Yeah, thing. I don't. I, I got don't a little know. bit of foam left in here. <sighs> yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. There we go. That's our guy right there. That's our friend Griffin Bass. After he chugged his milk Ugh. seven up. Yeah. The yeah. Foam, the foam not cut. So you, you don't think you're gonna convert to a milk seven up? Um. Uh, well. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Definitely not something I'll do again. All right. I well, mean, once again, once again. <laughs> You really should think about whether or not this all started because you lost one bet. I think this is a good lesson for people about betting. I, uh, I can believe. Griffin lost one bet, and he was so frustrated by it that he immediately wanted to get back at it. Like, he was – I saw him make a face I've never seen him make before. I was concerned. He was like, well, can, can, can we run it back? And I was like, well, yeah, if there's something else we want to bet about, we can run it back. This is the fourth time we've run it back. He's 0 for 4 now. 0 for 4 in side bets. I don't know what else there is to do at this point. I don't know how many am more I, side bets o, we can have. 0 for 4? You're 0 for 4. Oh, yeah, you're right. I am. I you're am. O oh, you know what? I, was, I think I was ignoring four. the Taco Bell one because yeah, that wasn't that bad. because you, you just enjoyed it. Right. You just had a fun day eating Taco Bell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 0 for 4. I don't remember what the first. I remember the fish hoop bake. I remember the, the first one was the worst. That one was because that one. That one. Uh, messed oh, that me up was the, the pepper. Yeah, right. the pepper. That was the pepper. That was. Yeah. I didn't feel right the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, mayonnaise. That was the Richard Petty sandwich. Yeah. So we did the pepper, the mayonnaise, the Richard Petty. We did the fish hoop bake. We've done the uh, twenty-eight dollars of Taco Bell, and now we've done the uh, milk Seven Up. If you have something else that you come across that you think would make for a good side bet, I do know that Tim from Bel Air still wants to do a Liver King side bet, but I think that's got to be a bigger. I think we have to do that for like a Once more KZ season, gets in here. a more season. No, I think it's gonna be a more oh, okay. season long, like for our. Oh, hello! I think we do that maybe for it's such a weird combination. Oh, we could do that for the World Cup. We could do a nice. We could do a World uh, Cup draft, and we could do that maybe for the World Cup. I'm not opposed to that actually. Okay. Uh, if somebody, if you guys want to get in for our World Cup draft, we got to figure out when we would do it. But if you want to, oh God, you're gonna be all right over there. I'm I'm nervous now about you. I, mean, I am concerned about. Uh, do you you want to call Jeremy? No, nah, I'd like to take a break if okay. we could. If if we can, we I'd should. Like to take we a can. Break. All right, very good. You're gonna be all right. Yeah. I swear to God, if you puke, you bring us back out of break. You puke on the air. Resume break. Then go right back to break. Okay. All right. That do not puke. When we're, we don't have it on the air. Got it? Got it, got it. Thank you. That's uh, that's my one rule today. All right, hour number one of today's show is in the books. Brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Jeremy Kahn's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guildfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. Coming up a little bit later on today, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, and the great Mike Boddicker will be hanging out talking some baseball. You won't want to miss that. Oh, there we go. There we go. How you feeling? Sorry. How you feeling? Uh, I feel okay. Uh, I mean, you sure? Yeah, yeah. You see, like you can't put together words. That makes me worry about the functionality of your brain. I, I mean, feel, don't get me wrong. I, I, I struggle with that sometimes too, <laughs> and I do it for a living. I mean, I, I mean, worse. I feel okay. I mean, I feel like I just chugged a soda, and you know, as a non-soda drinker, you know, it just kind of. Like I have a problem. Got to stay seated for a little bit. I now, I don't drink soda any longer. I I drink every now and then. I have a ginger ale. That's about it. Um, I drink water. It's what I drink. But I do have a problem in my life where, like, I get something and it's like I'm 12 years old again. I just have to pound it. So I go, like, put some. Uh, my friend uh, Jamie Watson is with Motive Pure, so I'll put some like Motive Pure flavor in a water, right? And then I'll proceed to just dump it down my throat. I didn't just play a basketball game. Hey, ooh, hey, all right. Um, I just dump it down my gullet. I don't know why it is. I can't just take a sip and and move forward. Um, anyway, at uh, 6 o'clock tonight, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, and Mike Bodiger talking baseball. Facebook.com slash Sports. 
And if you miss it, you can find it tomorrow, youtube.com slash online. It's Monday. On Mondays, we catch up with our buddy Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, the Big Bad Morning Show. Picks every day at pressboxonline.com. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm good, man. So I have two things. Yes. First off, when you said when I was 12 and I, and I, would, I would pound it, yeah. That took me to a totally different place because well, I was probably yeah, pumping off all over the house. Right, doing a lot of pounding at 12. That's a great point. Really good yes. point. <laughs> Surprised uh, hey. by all the rumors that I haven't gone blind by now. Did you, wait a second. Um, did, did you, do you watch uh, Righteous Gemstones on HBO? I have, uh, oh. I think I'm mid, I haven't finished season, what season are you on now? Uh, they just fin- they finished season two. So there's two, yeah, there's two so seasons. I, I'm in. about two episodes in the season two, and then I got to go back and I like it. Have you? But I, have I forget you, why I stopped watching. Have you gotten to the part where he starts finding the underwear all over the house? No. I oh my not. god, Jeremy! All right, just come back to me when you get there. I, okay. It, it's it's one of my favorite shows on television. It's brilliant. When when you what? get there, it's you'll you're gonna pee your pants. It's so funny. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it now. Right. The other thing I was gonna ask is so like does. Does Griffin lose every week, is, or is he's, he just like he's kind of a... He's for 4. So this is really... You should talk to him as a gambler. Yeah, I guess. He lost, I mean, the first one he lost was the, the Richard Petty sandwich, the mayonnaise and pepper, and like a ugh. thick layer of black pepper. I just feel um, like he's eating or drinking something every time I call him. Oh, it. 100%, because he's gone 0 for 4. Yeah. So he lost two, it. My two best weeks of the year. We yeah, just we didn't have, we didn't have bets those weeks, any, right? Yeah. Um, mm. He loses the first one, and all of a sudden I see something in Griffin. And this is, I think we've all been there, either as, like, I'm sure at some point when you've been playing basketball, like, you guys lost a pickup game, and you were pissed mm-hmm. off, and you were like, Dude, I got we got to run it back now. Like, a now, let's go. And you probably took it more seriously than necessary because you're just really pissed off that you lost that game. I know you you're a competitor. As yeah. a as a better, we all do this. Like as a better, you lose something and the first thing that comes to your mind is, "Well, there's a there's a game somewhere that's going on right now. I need to go bet it to get it back." And inevitably, yeah, double down. Exact. And I've bet on some really stupid things in these circumstances, right? Like where I get to I lose a bet or I have a bad night, it's one in the morning, and I'm like, well, let me wander over to see where else in the world there are currently live sporting events going on. Ah, there's a Japanese baseball game going on. I'll go ahead and bet on that. Now, I know nothing about Japan, unlike you, who won money on Japanese baseball. Korean baseball. Oh, Korean baseball, I'm sorry. I know nothing about it, so I end up losing again, and that's Griffin. He loses the one bet. And immediately comes in here that day after he loses the bet and is like, "Are we gonna run it back? Are we gonna? I, I, you should. You, I want to. I want a chance to get it over on you." I'm like, "Okay, Griffin. Well, we're not gonna do the same thing. Like, we have to come up with a different thing to bet about. So whenever you know somebody sends us something that is organic, we can bet on it. And so we've had some listeners during the year who have sent us suggestions for other side bets we can do, and." Griffin's gone 0 for 4. <laughs> 0 See, I like this. For 4. <laughs> it, it puts a little bit more emphasis on trying to get it right. And worst comes to worst, you get a good laugh out of somebody has to do something stupid exactly. unless it's yourself, exactly. which it's always been Griffin. Yeah, I just wanted to get the parameters of it because it's like, damn, is this guy just a guinea pig? The ne- I tell you what, terrible stuff from- let, let, me, let me ask this. The next time we have one, the next time we do a side bet, the next time somebody suggests something to, for us, would you be willing to participate in our pick segment for the week, just as an exhibition, because you're not in our year-long picks because you're too good, 
Um, we can't have a ringer get in on well, this. I was terrible this week, but um, um, so but yeah. Would you be willing to participate and and risk? I we, I'll figure out what it is ahead of time, and I'll let you Absolutely, know. Absolutely, but okay. can I make one caveat or or no? Because I don't want anything to do with tuna fish. That's the only thing I ask. I'll <sighs> eat anything else. I just don't want tuna fish. That almost makes me. <laughs> it almost makes me think it has to be tuna fish. All right, you know, I I have to actually have to talk to you. I'm trying to put together a a Thanksgiving. Are you around the week of Thanksgiving? Are you are you sure. in town? Okay, I want yes. to put together some sort of drinking event because my buddy Zach from All Time Low um, has always wanted to do a drinking show with us, and okay. they're home that week playing like four shows at Record Theater. So I got to figure out a way that week that we can do whatever the day that works best, whether it's Wednesday. Do you want me to Friday. come up with some? Some new awful alcohol. Oh man, I or, fi- I think we- I just assumed that would be part of it. I okay. assumed right. there would be. I would like for there to be a theme though. Like I I I I wish that more people enjoyed us doing the table read of Jingle All the Way because I thought it was great. And like the people that yeah. did, like I I got messages from people like, dude, that was spit take funny. But it didn't do the numbers that I hoped that it would do. I don't think it was for everybody. I think it was for a very specific group of people. So I got to come up with another theme for what we do. I'm I'm still working on that, but I think we're going to try to do a drinking show, Uh, and there'll be a charity. You know, like it's going to be for helping up mission, Um, and we'll ask you guys to make donations or to bring stuff by that day. But I'm working on that right now. My buddy, um, you know, our friend. I'm sure you've met uh, David Du Bois over the years, who uh, did uh, the legendary Crabs for Christmas song. Um, yeah, I think he wants to come by the studio at some point, so maybe we'll have him come by that day. So I'm working on some stuff, but I'll be in touch with you about. So that. should I try to get like Thanksgiving themed drinks? Oh I my mean, is god! There like a, if there a gravy flavored vodka, dude. If there is, or? I desperately want you to do that. I desperately <laughs> want you to do a gravy themed you know, whiskey or something like that. Oh my god, we have to track that type type of stuff down. I'll see if I can find something similar to it. I, I was also going to say like. A table reading of Jingle All the Way isn't for everyone the same way Tinkle Porn isn't, right? Like, right. you got to be into the TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, so the, the viewership was down for that one. It's way um, it goes. But that's okay. All right. But, it, no, it's, it's always fun. I mean, especially when we're drinking terrible things. And I'm sure I can find some interesting stuff to have. But, you know, there's a lot of beers out there, too, that are – that you could probably get closer to, like I'm sure we'd have some sort of cranberry or something, some I was, sort of flavor. I was passed along that there is a pickle moonshine that is available. Yes. I okay. don't believe I've no, no, no. Maybe I did try. What's the Smoky Mountain thing that they sell? Is that moonshine? The the thing? Yeah, that's moonshine. Okay, too. then I've tried that. Forget that. I've tried that. Yeah. See, the, the problem is that like when you make something in moonshine, if it's real moonshine, like if it's I'm not talking about some of the flavored things that they make that they sell at stores because if they sold the actual moonshine that you put stuff in, the flavor never changes. It tastes right. just like like if you drop the cherry in there, it's not going to taste like a cherry with moonshine, and it's just going to taste like moonshine. Yeah, that's so. true. I've, and my, I have a friend yeah. who every year at the Pig Rose comes by with those moonshine cherries, and I'm like, all right, here's another one. Um, pickle, uh, it's at Dragon Distillery in Frederick. It's called Gherkenstein. And okay. it's, it's a pickle moonshine. We got to see if we can't track that down. We got to work on that. Sure. All right. Anyway, sure, we can. Anyway, let's get into. Hey, uh, before we get to the Ravens, really quickly, um, what are your emotions seeing Trey Mancini last night on the field celebrating and uh, and what that means to him? I mean, that's cool. Like, I I love seeing that stuff. To be honest with you, like, um, I mean, I'm sure most people, even though they have a hatred for the Astros, are probably pulling for Trey. Um, but. Uh, you know, I really don't care who wins because I, I think it'd be kind of cool to see Philly win. They're having some success. And as I've told other people, 
uh, Philly fans seem like kind of our crazy cousins. Um, so I, I kind of appreciate the, the fandom that some of the, whether it's the Phillies, the Eagles, what have you. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing them win. But, you know, more importantly, I'm pulling for Trey. So, like, I wouldn't be entirely upset if the Astros lost, but I'll be pulling for him. I, it was cool to see it, though. Look, man, I, I don't hate the Astros the way that some people do. I What I'll agree with, the, the hipster douches that are like, well, I don't, you know, the Astros are cheaters, so I don't even know who I'm rooting for between the Astros and Yankees. Like, get the entire F out of here with that. Like, yeah. hey, what yeah. what is that? To your point, like, I... There's nothing about Philly that really bothers me in any way. Like we've we've made fun of them a lot over the years, but like I I and I agree. I know Rita talks about it a lot. Like there's no rivalry between these two cities. I've always enjoyed my time in Philadelphia. Like I like going mm-hmm. up and getting some John's roast pork. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I I prefer going up to Philly than going to DC because their infrastructure is way better for big events. Like there's no the, the idea of going to a game or a concert in Philadelphia is the easiest thing in the world. You drive up, you park, you go. You try to go in yeah. D.C., it's pure hell. It is just yeah. the most hellacious experience. I've always preferred going up to Philly than going down to D.C. for events. We just had that, uh, that, that conversation today about um, you know sporting events, not even concerts or anything, but just how, how much easier it is to go to a Phillies oh. or an Eagles game and get out of watch the whole game, right. not leave early, right? and how much easier it is to get out of there and get home Meanwhile, the only thing that we've experienced if you only go to local games is if you wait till the end, you're going to be stuck in traffic for God knows how long. Facts. So. All facts. They do things well around there. It's a good big event town, too. Like, every time I went up there for Army-Navy or something like that, like, they did it They did it right. Like, they treated big mm-hmm. events legitimately. Um, but, yeah, I'm rooting for Trey. That's the ultimate. Like, I'm, I'm rooting for Trey. That's what I'm going to do. The Bryce Harper story, it, it really is amazing. Like, this is, this is unbelievable. What this dude has done, not that he ever fell off, not that we ever got to a point where Bryce Harper was a bad player or wasn't worth the money or something like that, but, you know, this this is, I, I think there were a few people that were like, ha, huh, that's weird, they move on from him in Washington and look what happens. Um, this dude is reminding you he's every ounce of the player that we've always thought he was. Yeah, I don't know, I kind of like him where most people hate him, like, I, I understand the, the whole douchiness that he had early on in his career but you know he left philly and the nats win a world series and everybody's like take that it's like take what like he went for a better offer he got it he went there he won the mvp um still a pretty damn good player and and i should hate him for last night because the two-run homer he hit put the game over the total and i had the under son of a Uh, bitch yeah so screw you bryce it's a clown that's a clown home run bro (laughs) cost me money but but no, in, in all seriousness, when when you look at the the matchups, like I heard, I think if you're betting Philly to win the series, you're plus one seventy five. The Astros are a heavy favorite. Their actual their last loss came to the Phillies, so mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be fun to to see these two teams go at it. But I, I think that, you know, coincidentally, the Astros should be favored. They're, that team is stacked, man. Yep. They have so many good players. They're lefties, hit lefties. Uh, so I, and I think the good thing for unless they're going to throw Suarez, which you might see him in a game. I think the Phillies match up fairly well with Wheeler and Nola, but I just think there's too much firepower on the opposing side. Yeah, wrapping up the series as quick as they did was a big deal for them. Like being now able to reset, you know, ahead of Friday night mm-hmm. and stack your pitching the way that you want to. That's that's a really big deal that they ended up making sure they won last night instead of having to play again on Tuesday. So that is a big deal. He is Jeremy Kahn, 1057 the fan. He's with us here on GCR. Um, you know, well, the, and, and one other thing with that too, think about adding the DH into the National League, or else Bryce Harper's not playing the rest of this year. So, um, kind of a cool little sidebar to, to 
to, to the new rules. That is a great point, man, no doubt. Um, I don't know how it went this morning. Uh, yesterday went, I got, um, it's time for the Ravens to hire Sean Payton, um, mm-hmm. make a head coaching change when they're four and three uh, after week seven of the NFL season and just won a football game yesterday. Um, I, I know that the Ravens aren't perfect. I realize they're not the Super Bowl favorite at the moment in the AFC. I know all of those things. I also know the entire league is really mid outside of what Philly, Buffalo, and probably still Kansas City, we would say. Like, you know, they're not they're not the same team, but they're still pretty damn good. So I still think they get some separation. I, I just it, it, I don't know, man. I don't know what else there is to say other than I don't think the Ravens have quite as many problems as everybody else does, and I don't think that they're easily – I just think we all hate Greg Roman so much that we're just going to keep saying it no matter what, what – whatever occurs in a game, we're just going to say, well, it's all Greg Roman's fault and go from there. And I, I – it's boring to me, man. Well, yeah, and so, God, I feel like you listened to the show this morning and said everything I, I said because I was asking – about the league. And I said, outside of Philly, Buffalo, and as long as Darlene from Roseanne is quarterback in the Kansas City Chiefs, like we can't, <laughs> we, we, we have to count them in, right? We, I mean, we have to look at them and you see what he did yesterday when he just kind of flipped the switch with a bunch of, I don't want to say nobodies, but it's not Tyreek Hill that's there anymore. He's throwing the, I mean, Juju had well, close to 100 yards and McCole Hardman gets a couple of touchdowns and even Clyde Edwards Hilaire after he's not announced or he's announced that he's not the starter. He comes in and gets a touchdown as well. So, there. I mean, those three teams, and then everybody else is kind of in it, right? Like they're they're middling teams. Like there's nobody that you would. And again, once they get into the postseason, it doesn't really matter. We just saw the the top three payrolls in baseball were all out. Um, and th- three of the teams that have buys, they're you know we get the Phillies in there, and then the Astros do what they're supposed to do. But in the NFL, getting into the postseason, that's the first ask, and then reset your season and see if you can't do something like Cincinnati did last year. Um, but, but realistically, it's just kind of, eh, I heard that, you know, Mark Andrews and Lamar were frustrated after the game, especially after Andrews not getting a catch and Lamar only throwing what 16 passes and 120 yards. So, uh, they really had a game plan to come in and run the football and stick with it. And they did that. They won. So I don't think there should be too much complaining, but now you got a short week to get ready for a Tampa Bay team. This looks like trash. But there's such a huge advantage to having a home game on Thursday night. So there's, there's two things here. Like, I don't, I don't think that. That Greg Roman's the greatest play caller in football history. I'm befuddled by how, and I really do think that the thing in 2012 screwed this up for Ravens fans. Like, you don't fire coordinators in the middle of the season. That's what happens when you've hit rock bottom. That's what happens when you're in tumult. That's what happens when you're trying to save your ass as a head coach and you're afraid that you're about to get fired, so you're wagging the dog. The the idea of completely changing who you are or what you do in the middle of a season is is insanity. I mean, like it's it, yeah. it's crazy that thought. Well, and I'm I don't I'm very confused as to why they brought you know to to your point yesterday they look more like a Greg Roman offense. I'm very confused mm-hmm. as to why they brought Greg Roman back for the first six games of the season to not really be running a Greg Roman offense. Like he what he does isn't necessarily what they were doing for six games. But yesterday, yeah, it did look more like a Greg Roman offense, and maybe that was their way of saying, hey, we want to be more like that. But I still – the idea that the answer to your offense being imperfect, and that's what it is because let's be fair, DVOA, they're still like third in the NFL offensively. Um, but being imperfect is to fire the coordinator in the middle of the season is just – like it's asinine that this is the conversation that we're having. 
Well, let's be honest. There's, there's, I mean, there's a couple things to look at because I said it today. Like everybody wants to blame blame Greg Roman, and I don't like him. I don't like. I should say I don't like his play calling. Right. Um, but he has vastly changed his running game. But everywhere he's been, that's kind of been tapped out at some point. Where you're going, is this going to get better in the passing game in San Francisco? Was it going to in Buffalo? Is it going to here? So then, but the other part of it is we have to look at execution, like the plays that are called. Um, ironically, outside of when I brought it up twice this morning. Nobody brought up the Ravens going for it on fourth down, which they did twice in that game, and they picked up both. Of them. Both. One at midfield and one yep. was fourth and goal. So and, and no, the one at midfield might have been the, might have been the coolest out. play. It might have been the coolest play I've ever seen in my life. It might have been yeah. the best call I've ever seen in my life. But you, you, we're not allowed to talk about that because Greg Roman called that play. <laughs> it's the greatest and because thing. it worked out right. It was wonderful. But there's some video going around today of some dope on the street last night. Lamar, what's going on with Greg Roman and these fourth down calls? And it's getting all this traction on the internet. And to your point, they converted both of them yesterday. And this this has always been like, I'm a huge process over results because just because it worked out doesn't mean you did the right thing. Right. And, but if you're doing it the right way, eventually to me, it always does work out. So, um, the, the bottom line is like the going forward on fourth down, you don't get the bitch every time it doesn't work and they ignore it every time it does. So there is a, this is one of those games where they went for it twice on fourth down, got them in both in key situations. Uh, but I do think having Gus back is going to be huge. But, like, look, this is his first game back, and he hasn't played in the calendar year, and now you're going right. to have him to play on Thursday night. You know how unfair that is to him? It's and I'm tough. sure yeah. if you ask him, he's going to be ready to go and, and try to play as much as he can. That's a great point. I mean, it's a really good point. And the other thing that we got to keep talking about, like, I, I, I love Lamar Jackson, and I don't think yesterday like, – I don't think he played poorly at all yesterday, but – the thing with Gus Edwards, the, the thing with Gus Edwards on the first play of the second half is such a microcosm of where we've been with Lamar Jackson dating back to last year, which is that for whatever reason, whether it's because he doesn't work through the progressions fast enough or he just doesn't want to check the ball down, there are mm-hmm. plays constantly there to be made that aren't getting made. Even on the strip sack at the end of the game a week ago, there is a wide-open receiver on the left side of the field with plenty of time if he just doesn't stare down Mark Andrews there for him to find it yeah. before he gets sacked and lose the football. We, I, I, love I assume Lamar you were bringing Jackson. up that check down to Gus that he missed yes. when he took the sack in yesterday's yes, game. Yes, correct. Yeah, so like it's these, there. It's and those, there. those usually turn into big plays, too, you know, because they're so concerned about Lamar. You dump one of those short ones off, and then you get a guy out in space. Let's see what happens. I, you got it. He has to make those plays. I love Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think he's worth every penny. I think he's incredible. But we have to be willing to say that's not on Greg Roman. Like that, you can. Well, you should have run the ball there. You could have, or you could have called a play that had a receiver wide open for six yards, like <laughs> right there. I, I I get it. We don't like Greg Roman, but we have to be willing to say this. That's it's infuriating. It's extraordinarily infuriating. Um. Other than that, everything's good, right? Yeah, everything else is fine. Other than that, everything is good. Hey, are the Lakers a complete dumpster fire, by the way? They are. I mean, last night in the fourth quarter, what happened? Like, I was on what I did actually did really well in the NBA. I think I went three and one yesterday, and I was on the Trailblazers, so I was happy about the comeback. But, man, I mean, Russell Westbrook getting benched uh, for periods of time and then seeing the shots that were taken at the end of the game. It just makes you wonder. They were talking about, who is it, Paolo Bancaro and LeBron, uh, I guess what they scored in their opening nights or how many times LeBron's done this. I think it's scoring 30 points, grabbing like 15 rebounds or something of that ilk and losing. It doesn't happen often, and it happened to him the past couple times. So it's just weird seeing a team that has those two names specifically without mentioning Westbrook with Davis and 
Braun, and they just look so bad. <laughs> there, there's just no defense. They can't stop anybody from scoring. I it's it's a real pity. I mean, it's just I feel terrible for him. God. Yeah. You know, well, just... the weird thing is I feel bad for Utah because they were supposed to suck in the three and zero. Oh, it's going to kill him. They're not going to get Wembenyana. Yeah, well, the, so. the Spurs are going to get him, right? Like, that's the way this is going to yeah. go. He's going to end up being a Spur, and Greg Popovich will coach until he's 90 because of it and win five more titles in the future. See, I would love that, but, uh, we'll, I mean, I was watching. That, that's Wembenyana is such an awkward-looking guy, and he, <sighs> the same way I felt about Luka when he was coming out, I feel about this guy. Like, he's special. He's I, I don't so think special. this is – I don't think we're going to be talking about a can't-miss guy. Right. You know, like, he's – Whoever has the first pick, if you don't take them, you're stupid. No doubt. No doubt. What's coming up on the show this week? Uh, we're all back, and then we're getting ready for that Thursday game. We were hoping we'd be in Tampa. We were pushing to, to go down to, to Tampa Bay to, to cover this game. Um, maybe we'd all shack up at Ed's house down there to help take down some of the hurricane stuff. You know, help, yeah, right? help around the right, house. That's the right thing to do. What, what is that? And I'm sure you guys yeah. could, you could all share one big king bed down there, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but we have two Monday morning quarterbacks this week because of the Thursday night game, so we'll have another one on Friday, so Preston will be back in the studio. Very good. At JeremyCon1057 on Twitter, and, of course, his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. I'll talk to you more about uh, Thanksgiving week. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Sounds good, man. I'll see you guys. Thanks. JeremyCon1057, the fan with us here on GCR. When we come back in, former Ravens receiver TJ Hushman-Zada, he's with Fox Sports now, and uh, he got into a bit of a tiff with Orlando Skandrick last week, defending, but only to an extent defending. Yeah. Like He still kind of left some room in there that we got to cover with him. TJ Hushman-Zada is going to join us next. We'll talk some Ravens, some Lamar Jackson. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code TAILGATE. That's ginsugrills.com. Reserve yours today. Join Glenn at halftime of every Ravens game for the Project Game Day Halftime Show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. We apologize in advance. There's not much we can do about his face. If you haven't been to Guilford Hall Brewery yet, do not waste any more time. Go check him out this weekend, Saturday night, their Halloween party. Free to get in, live music, costume contest, so much more. Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Truly a gem in our city. GuilfordHall.com is the website for you to find out more. Delicious craft beer selection. you got to try the Guilford Hall Lager. The Bavarian-style menu, outstanding. There's still some time in October. It's the perfect time of year for you to be trying out that October fest, if you will, menu. But really, it's what they have year-round. It's just a Bavarian-style menu at Guilford Hall Brewery. All right. Uh, always good to catch up with our next guest. He's a really good dude. And uh, you see him, of course, or you hear him on Fox Sports Radio uh, you see and hear him on the Aaron and Out podcast, and you guys were all sharing a certain clip that came from his show last week with his partner, Orlando Scandrick, getting after Lamar Jackson. And he was doing his best to try to push back a little bit. We've got to talk about that. He is our friend, former Ravens wide receiver, Mr. TJ Hushmanzad, and he's back with us now here on GCR. TJ, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. No, you're good, man. Should be some fun. It's always good to hear your voice, dude. You've been good to us over the years. So, okay, like, has Orlando Scandrick always been a Lamar Jackson hater? Is that like, is is there something? Is there something personal there that we don't know about? <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it that far. I wouldn't call Orlando a hater, or he wouldn't even call himself a hater. He would just tell you, "I'm just telling you what I see." That's what he tells me. I'm just telling you what I see. Obviously, I disagree. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say he's a hater. He just doesn't believe he's a quarterback in the way that's going to take you down the field, throwing the ball. So like, did you guys talk about it after the first three weeks of the season when he looked like the best quarterback in football and that's what he was doing for those three games? No, I mean, I'm a fan of Lamar Jackson. You you don't win MVP, lead the league in touchdown passes. Does he need to work on some things? Uh, which player doesn't? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's not having a great year. Aaron Rodgers isn't having a great year. Lamar Jackson is having a good year. But when you look at Tom Brady as Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Aaron Rodgers isn't having a good year. Oh, who's his best receiver? When Rashad Bateman was playing early in the season, Lamar was doing very well throwing the ball. Right now, it's Mark Andrews and who else? Yep. Yep. I mean they got they got Bateman back on the field yesterday, but he, you know, didn't look completely ready to be back out there. And to your point, this has been part of the story, TJ. It's no no question it's part of the story there. It, it was interesting something that he said. He said you wouldn't want to play for Lamar Jackson. You wouldn't want to have him as your quarterback. Obviously referring to the fact that you're a wide receiver. Um do you agree with this sentence sentiment? Like would you would you TJ Hushman Sada in the prime of your career? 
want to be in Baltimore, not just specifically with Lamar, but with this offense that they are running here? I mean, for me, yes, and I'll tell you why. It's because I play similar to what Mark Andrew does. I mean, I play mm-hmm. similar. I'm in the slot, and so I'm going to get a lot of looks. And I, I believe that's where with Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, they, oh, he left. And, and I was one that said, oh, he left because he didn't want to play with Lamar. He had 100 catches in that offense. Hollywood Brown did. He had 100 catches in that offense. And I, I think what happens is Greg Roman has designed an offense that we're going to give you multiple looks in a run game, and we are going to feature our tight end. But I believe in Lamar because Lamar came out to California this uh, offseason. He worked his ass off, and I saw that. Hmm. I saw he was out here with Adam Nadeau. And then Adam Dadeau would make trips to Miami and trips to Baltimore to work with Lamar. So he's putting in the work to be better, and it's showing. But until you give him a receiver, that's a Devontae Adams, that's a Tyreek Hill that can do for Tua what he's doing, mm-hmm. you don't know how good Lamar can be because Mark Andrews didn't become a household name by himself. Lamar played a part in that. I, I don't disagree with anything that you just said, TJ. TJ Hushmanzada is with us here on GCR. TJ, I mean, it's been one of the bugaboos. Like, I joke about it in Baltimore, right? We've had a really healthy relationship with our football team in this city. If you're a Ravens fan, you've seen an awful lot of winning. Great players come through. Like, you've been really fortunate and blessed. I compared it to, like, you. there's this one thing that's an issue. Like, you know, if you, if you meet a woman and she's wonderful and you love her, she's gorgeous, she's funny, she's all these things, but she just has this really weird-sounding laugh and like you you just kind of ignore it because she's got all these other great things about her. It's a really healthy relationship. That to me is the Ravens in the wide receiver position over the years, right? Like I, they're great. The Ravens have been excellent, but it is almost confounding how throughout their history. They've had moments, right? Like, you know, Torrey Smith was pretty good and they got Derek Mason in the prime of his career, Anquan Bolden for a couple years, Steve Smith at the end of his career. They have moments with receivers, but it's been the one thing that continues to be problematic is the wide receiver position. Can you make sense of how the Ravens have treated wide receiver over the years? Nah, it's tough. I mean, because even when I was playing, you know, they drafted Travis Taylor high from Florida. Um, doesn't pan out. But I told Coach Harbaugh, man, I told him, I said, Coach, I'm training receivers, man. Um, reach out to me, and I can, I'll can. i give you my somewhat opinion on who can play and who can't. And the receivers that I've trained have all done very well in the league. Like, they've all done well. And, and so they, what they're looking for, it's not meshing to what Lamar wants or he likes or that offense needs. Now, Bateman seems to be an exception. If he can stay healthy, he seems to be the exception. But that's one guy in many years of drafting the Hollywood Browns uh, DuVernay, Prochet, and other guys, they have to find a guy that can grow with Lamar so that he can be uh, Devontae Adams to Aaron Rodgers. He can be a Tyreek Hill to Patrick Mahomes and now Tua. He can be that lead, that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow type of thing. That's what he needs, the comfort blanket that's just not Mark Andrews. 
I, I mean, I, 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 again, we're going to end up agreeing way too much in this con. It's not good for radio. We just keep agreeing. I, I completely agree. And I think it's I, the other thing to me, TJ, is what's funny about um, when we have these conversations is there's this belief that exists that it's a quarterback's responsibility to simply make the wide receivers around them better. That that's the way that this goes. Like, if you want to be this quarterback, you're just supposed to make the wide receivers around you better. Like, we don't have an entire history of football that says the exact opposite, which is the quarters quarterbacks are always better when they have better wide receivers around them. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers this year. Thank you. They'll, they'll, say, they'll say he's not interested, he's not playing well, he's gotten old. Aaron Rodgers is a prime example of I need a dog at the receiver position. He's a prime example. I said it. I said it when Devontae Adams left. Aaron Rodgers will not have the same type of season. I said it. And if anyone can make receivers better, it's Aaron Rodgers. At least that's what we will all assume. Why are they struggling in the passing game? Why is he struggling in the passing game? Why is his QBR in the lower third of NFL quarterbacks when he's always been in the top five? He doesn't have the receivers. Lamar Jackson is no different. And so receivers and quarterbacks, it goes hand in hand. But again, we want to give the quarterbacks way too much credit when things are going well. They take way too much blame. Yeah. But Lamar Jackson, he just needs somebody on the outside that he feels comfortable with that he believes in, and that's the biggest key, that he believes in. One-on-one situation, oh, he's getting the ball. We all know it. you got to stop it. I remember, and I don't even remember who I was fighting with about it, but I remember the first year that Stefan Diggs was in Buffalo, I argued that like he should be the MVP of the league because he should be able to walk in and say, did you see what the offense was like before I got here? Did you see what? Look at it now. Correct? Like, how, how is there any stronger argument for MVP than what Stephon Diggs did the moment. And I, I take nothing away from Josh Allen, who I think is a very good football player who has clearly gotten better during the course of his pro career. But Jesus, have we never seen a more obvious example of what having a really high-level wide receiver can do to a quarterback, maybe in the history of the game? It's a difference maker. Hey, y'all play this for Coach Harbaugh. Coach Harbaugh, call me, man, during draft time. <laughs> I'll have some good receivers again this year. I got you. I told him this before. I'm going to tell him again. I love everything about that. TJ Hushmanzada is with us here on GCR. TJ, are you um, – the, the Ravens have been so up and down this season, right? Like the, they, they've blown three games where they had second-half leads, but they had – second half leads in literally every game they've played this season no one has waltzed in and kicked the Ravens butt so you know there's been a fan base that has had moments of panic what do you make of the Ravens on the whole seven games into the season they're tied for first in the division I mean you would just think 28 to 7 and I believe against Miami defense has to bring that home they they need to bring that home I believe it was 20-3 to three lead against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Defense, you have to bring that home. You can't lose those games. And you win those games, now you're talking instead of 4-3, and three, you're 6-1. and one. That's a huge difference. And so the Ravens have played really good football in every game. They just haven't played a complete game because obviously when you're up 28-7 and 20-3 to three and you lose those games, they need to figure that out. And they got rid of Wink Martindale and said, you know, the defense, this, 
He's doing a fantastic job right now in New York, and so they need to figure out, one, offensively, even the Giants game, like, what are we doing to where we're putting our defense in terrible situations to where we have this lead and we're giving it up? They figure that out. It's going to be tough for that entire defense. The Bengals are going to be good for a long time. No question. The offense and, and Joe, they're going to be good for a long time. But in that game, I would say Lamar pretty much won that game from that last drive. Mm-hmm. He won that. You get in field goal range. Justin Tucker is like Steph Curry going to the free throw line with the game on the line. That's pretty much he's going to make that. <laughs> and so they got to play complimentary football and figure out why when we have these leads are we giving them up. Um, is there anything you can tell us about? I know you you know, you know, weren't around, obviously, when the Ravens did finally break through and win the Super Bowl in 2012, but from your time with John Harbaugh, because I, I, don't, I don't know how to say this the right way. It doesn't feel like the Ravens should get credit for winning every other game this season. That doesn't feel like an accomplishment. But to me, there's something to be said for when you lose games in as bitter of ways as the Ravens have this season. To your point, these big leads, you blow in the second half. It does feel like it might be easy for some teams to let that kind of fracture them and bring them apart. And all three times it's happened this year, the Ravens have turned around, bounced back, and played well and won the following week and kind of held things together. Can you tell me about your experience with John Harbaugh and and what role he might play in them being a team that is able to stay even keel? And is there something to be said about a team that doesn't let one bad loss spiral and get things out of control and let them fall apart in the coming weeks? He's just not that he's not going to allow that to happen. Personally, I like coach Harbaugh when, when I played under him, I thought he was a fantastic coach because he's honest and players that hear this, a lot of coaches, they're not honest. They're, they're going to tell you one thing and then do something else. He's an honest person believe him but he involves the team at least he did when i was there he involved like he would make decisions and he would bring stuff up and mean, okay this is what i'm thinking about doing um what do you guys think and he would involve the team and whether we agreed with what he did you felt like your opinion was valued and, and as a man you're gonna go out there and play hard for your coach when he wants your opinion he's involving you and he's honest with you about everything. That's the impression I got. I've, I've always been a fan of his. He's one of the best coaches in the league. But when you say who's the best coaches, you'll say three, four, five guys' name before you get to him. Hmm. He's been successful as he's been for a reason because year in and year out, the guys want to play for him. And, and so, I mean, my what, my first practice there, him and uh, what Jared, the linebacker from Jared, Alabama, Jared Johnson, Jared Johnson, yep. And Jared Johnson got into it. I was like, oh, wow, I've never seen nothing like this. Dude, like 10 minutes later, like nothing ever happened. Hmm. And hmm. that's because they addressed it as men. They were honest with each other, and that was it. If that was on another team, I, man, that thing, that would have lingered on all year. And, and so Coach Harbaugh does a really good job with the locker room, and that's why those guys believe in him and they trust in him because of who he is as a person and coach. It's so funny you bring that up because we saw a fairly ugly scene earlier this year with uh, Marcus Peters going after John Harbaugh after the the Bills game, and I think a lot of people would have said, well, that's untenable, that's a mutiny or something like that. And to your point, you know, a week later, Marcus Peters played maybe his best game of the season against the Bengals, and there's there's been nothing there's been no you know nothing has come from that 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 thing 
of a player, you know, going after a coach that, you know, it's, it's above the pale, right? We never see that in the NFL. It's been absolutely fine in the weeks that have, that have followed up from that. Because Harbaugh addressed it. They, they, they talked as men, and they hashed out whatever disagreement it was. But a lot of coaches would avoid that, and if they would speak to you about it, they're going to be dishonest to you. And you see right through that. Harbaugh didn't give me that impression, at least when I was there. I've had numerous conversations with him when I played. And I was there one year, yeah. and I just he was honest with me about things, and so and Marcus Peters he he's gonna speak his mind, right? He's gonna say what he feels, and so as is Harbaugh, that and that that's why he has uh, as much success. The Ravens are one of the best organizations in football. I played with four organizations; they're the best organization that I played with. Hmm. Hmm. That's a strong statement, man. Especially considering how again you're only here for a year, um, but that it really stayed with you. That's really powerful to hear you say that. Um, TJ Hushmanzada, man, what all can I plug for you? Obviously, airing it out, of course, but what else can I plug for you, dude? That's it, man. About to go shoot an episode here shortly. Who's, uh, who, <laughs> See who, what who you guys got? Today. Who you guys got with you? Uh, we'll probably have it's uh, probably Austin Eckler and Steve Smith or one or the other. We're trying to figure that out. Right, now. It's not a bad either one of those. Those are pretty good. Those are uh, those are decent gets at the moment. Uh, TJ, man, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, as always, dude. I, I truly enjoy the conversations I get to have with you over the years. Thank you for taking the time for us, man. All right, man. You guys take care. TJ Hushmanzada, former Ravens receiver. Um, you know how I feel. Like, you, you know. Uh, you know my opinion about the wide receiver thing over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, I I, I bang on the table about what, – what, what was it? Was it 20 20- – 20 was the first year for Stefan Diggs in Buffalo, correct? Was the was it Yeah, yeah, year? it had to be because that was when year? Josh Allen had an had Right, had his breakout season. Yeah. And I remember like sitting down with my buddy uh Greg Rosenthal. You guys know I do uh, Courts of Thunder with uh every year. I love I love Greg. He's one of my favorite people. And you see him on NFL Network and I remember having this conversation with him. I said, "Greg, why 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 isn't Stefan Diggs the MVP of the league?" And he just sort of paused for a second and he's like, yeah, I don't really have an answer for you. And I was like, this, this is insane. Has there ever been a more obvious case to be made? I think I wrote about it for Press Box, even though it's not really a local story. I guess I kind of play the fact that Stefan Diggs is a former Terp. I'm like, what? why do we try so hard in these situations? You saw the Bills the first year that Josh Allen was there. They were terrible. And my buddy, my former cohort, Kyle Ottenheimer, would be like, well, you're not giving Josh Allen credit for how much he's worked to improve. I'm like, dude, I'm not saying he hasn't. But you you can't keep pretending like this didn't utterly and completely change the story. Everything about the reality of the Buffalo Bills changed in one moment when Stefan Diggs arrived. It changed everything about who they were as a franchise. The moment that dude got there. Now, I get it. The Ravens are... I, I don't know if a player of that caliber could be available at the deadline. There were some rumors this weekend about Jerry Judy. Please do not amplify the, 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 the account that just throws things out there for the sake of throwing things out there. Please stop doing that. That's Maybe really he can annoying. lead to something. Yeah. Thank you. Um, don't get me wrong. I'd love to make players available that aren't available. Also, bear in mind, I we don't have a full. We all think Jerry Judy is the rock star of rock stars, but we still don't have the full answer on him. 
Like there is still a little bit of project projection involved with that where you have to be like, well, he would be even better if he had had quarterbacks around him. Like we're still doing a little bit of that with Jerry Judy. We're like, he's been good, but I'm not saying I'm not interested. I'm obviously interested if he really is on the trade market. I'm interested in any of these guys because it's something the Ravens needed to do in the offseason and didn't do. Yeah. I'm interested in any single one of them. Let's talk about it. Elijah Moore. You keep throwing out Elijah Moore. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying you're projecting with Elijah Moore. You have to acknowledge that. There is. You have to acknowledge that it's not a slam dunk that Elijah Moore is a high-level NFL wide receiver. You don't know that. Nobody does. We can't. We can't know that. We just liked him coming out of college, so we want to keep liking him now. I want to get the guys. Like I, If that's all you can do, I'm not saying don't do it. Again, I don't know why the Jets would make that move. They're good. Like, that doesn't make sense. I'm saying, go get the guy. And the problem being, those guys only come up so often. And for whatever reason, they didn't want to do it when it was Stefan Diggs. But I'm totally, I just need you to know, I'm not still thinking about that all these years later. I'm not. <laughs> and if I wasn't unhappy, right, I, I wouldn't. I, w- I, I, would I wouldn't not, tell you. I wouldn't tell you that I'm not happy. Don't report that I'm not. Whatever you do, don't let people know I'm mad. I'm not mad. Don't say I'm mad. Got it? Don't say that. I'm not mad. Settle down. You know how I feel about it, so I agree with TJ Hushmanzada. All right, when we come back in, we need to uh, go over Pat's on the ass. We will do that. Uh, even our buddy Josh Charles got involved this morning, although he cheated. He did cheat, and it was, he was called out by Antonio, and Antonio's right. Now, Antonio's trying to get it, so we, we should all be allowed to cheat. Nope. <laughs> no. We need to be a society of rules. We need to be a society that has sta- – that's what makes – if we just named all the players, <laughs> there would be no point in doing the segment. Just do a 53-man ranking, right. or I guess 48, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, however many guys are active. Um, we have to have a limit. There have to be rules in order to make this a segment worth doing. Like, that's the way it's got to go. So when we come back in, we will uh, dish out our pats on the ass. We'll get a tidbit tubular. And Will Barton, pride of Lake Clifton, now with the Washington Wizards. We'll catch up with him before we wrap up today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover new maryland basketball coach kevin willard sits down with stan charles and glenn clark to discuss the situation he inherited in college park and how he plans to get the program turned around also inside we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area and bo smoka profiles ravens receiver devin duvernay press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition 
Nation as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with PressBox and Gray Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite spots. Sponsors the Costas Inn, and everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in here on GCR as we are winding down for a Monday edition of the program, today's show, and actually Pats on the Ass can be brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. The chicken schnitzer, schnitzer? What is a schnitzer? That might be what we call the concoction that you consumed this morning, Griffin. We might call that a, a schnitzer. schnitzer. The chicken schnitzel, the brewer sausage platter, the brewer sausage sandwich, all of the above. It's all so good. The slam duck pretzels. And the cheddar ale soup is incredible. It's all brought, again, Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Get your order in and enjoy. It is it is just unbelievable. It's so freaking good. All right. Um, pats on the ass. You know the deal. Five Ravens. Rank them five to one. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. And again, one is your man of the match. The fifth player on the list can be whoever you want it to be, another offensive player, another defensive player, special teams player, or a coach. That's the way it goes. Uh, Dylan, unfortunately, your list, you got three defensive players, but only one offensive player. It's not going not gonna to work. You can't do that. Um, it's the way it goes. you got to make sure you make it count. Um, I'll start. My number five, the toughest one was the second offensive player to me. I get it. That's why people are cheating today. And, and so in the end, I defaulted to Lamar. I, I don't think Lamar played well. I don't think he played – I think he was very middle of the road. I think, As I said before, he was pedestrian. But ultimately yesterday, that was good enough for them to win, that he just didn't make terrible mistakes. He made mistakes to pretend like – you know, to say, well, he played a mistake-free game. No, he didn't. Not at all. Again, first play of the second half was a huge mistake. It wasn't a turnover, 
but it completely took them out of any opportunity to get going on the first drive of the second half. That was a horrendous mistake. But he didn't make dramatic mistakes, and he made just enough significant plays on a day where there weren't a lot of significant plays made offensively that he was worthy of the second offensive player on my list. But it's a default, man. Like It's just a, I don't have other good options, so... Lamar was just good enough. Like the fourth down conversion, obviously, made a nice play there. Made another nice play on third down in the middle of the field to keep the drive alive, running the ball. Like he made a couple of plays. And on a day where there weren't a lot of offensive plays made, that was enough for him to get on the list. So he's my number five. Gotcha. I went a different direction with my second offensive player. And I, maybe it might be kind of cheating, but I picked Devin Duvernay because of... You can't. You can't you're doing a bit here. You're well, doing a bit. No, this this is, is, he played well on offense. He had a yeah, big catch. And I mean, and he was a difference maker in the special teams as well. Yeah, I, it's, it's cheating. This is cheating? It's cheating. Man. Like I, by the way, I struggled with this with Malik Harrison. Mm. I was like, "Can yeah. I put Malik Harrison on my list?" Then I said, specifically as a defensive player, no. I would be putting him on for what he did special team. It's a, it's cheating. I'm not gonna. I still know. think. I mean, I still think he. Was I think, probably one of our top offensive players. I well, mean, I mean, on a day where there weren't yeah. a lot of options, I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not killing you over it, but I'm just telling you, like, trying to make it. And you are, you are cheating doing. It. I mean, did you? I take that back. Did you have a? You don't have any other offensive players. No, I do. I do have another offensive no, player. I mean, did you have it? So you, this is no. Not, yeah, these, those would be my. I have yeah. that it's, Duvernay it's, and one it's other. It's cheating, but I'm not. I'm not going to fight you about okay. it. Okay, I'm not going to fight you. Yeah. About well, I mean, I, I get it. I, mean, I, get I think it. he he is a difference maker in the special teams. It was that that one. The the, no, the, the return the was return. huge. It gave him three free points. Yes. 100. Um. And and he did have a big catch. I think. Uh, I mean, he was yeah, down the sideline. He's he been he's been a top receiver for past three weeks. Let's ease off on top receiver. Let's ease. Want to see him get back involved in the run game? That'll be fun. Yeah, I would like to see a little bit more of that. I don't disagree with you. All right, my number four, this was, to me, ultimately, the second most difficult decision to make of the day. The second most difficult is which of the special teams players do you put on your list? And I'm getting a lot of Justin Tucker, and I get it. The dude drilled a 56-yard field goal. But I'm going with Jordan Stout as my special teams player for the day. The 69-yard punt really changed momentum in the first half. I mean, it was a huge play in the first half. Um, A day where the Ravens didn't need the Sam Cook um, pin-em-down punts, They needed what right now Jordan Stout has to offer, which is the big booming leg. He averaged 60-plus yards per punt. I mean, they flipped fields because of Jordan Stout yesterday. He made winning football plays in that game. So I'm not – I still – it's going to be interesting to see the next time the Ravens are looking for the other type of punt. And I also wonder sometimes how that has impacted them in their decision-making, right? Like when they've been around midfield. Do – if we punt here, are we confident – that this guy is going to pin them inside the 10. And so far, I would say, I don't know how they would be confident about that. Now, he's a rookie. He's got a long way to go to learn the entire bag of tricks. But the one thing he has for sure is a hell of a leg. Dude can boot the ball. And yesterday, he booted the damn ball. And a 69-yard punt was a big play in the first half. So uh, Jordan Stout is my number four because of it. Gotcha. I like that one. I like that one a lot. I decided to go with uh, three like straight defensive. I was also thinking about Malik Harrison with the big block, but I ended up going with uh, as my number four, Justin Houston. Had a couple of sacks. Didn't play a whole lot, but I, I, he made I, I, his... I can't, I, can't, I can't get over this. Fourth and ten from their own 25-yard line, and Cleveland started the next drive at their six. Like, that is... 
That is staggering, man. Like so that's a, a huge. Yeah, it's a, a sixty-nine yard punt. Nice. I mean, it's yeah, in, yeah it's insane. <laughs> that's an insane. Like uh, when you're down ten three and you're giving the team the ball back that scored on their first two possessions of the game. If if you get even a good punt off in that situation, we were talking about a, you know, a a forty-eight yarder. They're getting the ball at their thirty-yard line, right? On a good punt. That's how insane that punt was and how much, and again, they get a quick uh, three and out, and then they go back down, they score again, and the game gets going. That's when you see the Devin Duvernay return. Almost had another one to pin him, uh, but then Donovan Peoples-Jones made that nice play. Yeah, that was uh, a really, and that's what I'm saying. We're not quite there yet with him and being able to pin down. That was a really great play from Donovan Peoples-Jones. really was. I mean, it does not get nearly enough credit because they lost. That that was a big-time football play in that moment. Um, but yeah, so Houston, he didn't. I mean, he, he, he's. Yeah. I guess he's not 100 percent yet, but he was a difference maker when he, he was, was out there. There's no couple question. Sacks, tackle for it loss. was so difficult I mean, for me to. Figure, it's the other. There were three to me. There were two obvious choices, and then everything else on the list to me was tough today. Like mm. there was, it was tough to decide who the second offensive player was going to be because there weren't good candidates. It was tough to decide who the special teams player was going to be because there were a couple of good. Cam- I mean, there's. To your point, Duvernay, special teams-wise, Malik Harrison, special teams-wise, Justin Tucker, absolutely deserving of being on the list special teams-wise, and I'm giving it to Jordan Stout. Like, there were tons of good options. And then defensively, there were a ton of good options for a second defensive player. Like, to your point about Justin Houston, absolutely was great. Adafi Owe made some plays yesterday. My number three is Calais Campbell, because I just thought that the, the strip, the fumble, the forced fumble, was really critical in the outcome of the game. That that play specifically ended up being a huge turning point after you know you had gone through and and it's a 13-10 game now to start the third quarter you get the ball back and the drive bogs down and you're giving the ball back again to the Browns with an opportunity for them to tie the game back up take the lead in the second half. And Calais Campbell makes that play. He gives the Ravens possession at the 25-yard line. They're able to convert. It's a two-possession game. That play, massive. Yep, I echo that completely. I have Calais Campbell as my number three as well. Uh, the big force fumble there leads to the, the, the opening touchdown in the second half. And then, uh, and you know, kind of symbolic that the, you know, the Super Bowl 47 team is there when we talk about, you know, the biggest differences and the leadership that was on mm. that Super Bowl 47 mm. team. So, and, you know, kind of pun intended, we need Calais Campbell to step yeah, up we, big so into we, that we talked leadership about that. role. I had somebody that called into the postgame show yesterday that talked about, you know, hey, where are those guys? Where are the alphas on this football team? And I've said a few times, like, the guy for this group is Calais Campbell. Like, he's the guy they take their cues from. He is their leader, if you will. Now, Calais Campbell's also really nice. Like, he's a really yeah. nice man. He's a really nice guy. So I don't know that he's going to strike the fear of God into you the way that some of the guys on that 2012 team would. Um, so I, I do still think there's a conversation that can be had about leadership, but I do know that like that's the guy on this team that everybody takes their cues from. Um, look, numbers one and two were very easy this week. It was just, you know, if you wanted to reorganize them, you can. I mean, like, I'm not going to be offended by it. But number two is Gus Edwards, and number one is Patrick Queen. Those are the two best football players on the field yesterday. Um, you know, I – Griffin hates Patrick Queen. I do. So I left him off my list. Are you out of your mind? I, I, what are you doing? This is what he should have been doing every what single game. What does that game. have to do with anything? What thought, does that have to do I with I thought Geno Stone had a better game. What are you 
he was Geno Stone played every single snap. He was our best tackler on the field. Um, and then the game ceiling force fall. I mean, the clock was going to run out anyway. But I mean, Geno Stone, I think, stepped up huge in in that safety spot. He, what are you What are you doing? He he started the sack that Kyle what? Hamilton cleaned up. What and in the world are you? I thought Geno Stone had a he had a what, great game. What is this bit, man? Like, what is this? I I, I need I, more consistency from Patrick. That has nothing to do with what happened in the game yesterday. <laughs> you're having a different. You're 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 doing a different thing. The game yesterday that was played is what we're looking over. Not his career, not his season. We're looking at yesterday's game, and we're judging what happened in yesterday's game when Patrick Queen was dominant, was all over the field, was making play after play after play. When he finished the day with uh, 11 tackles, a sack, three TFLs, and another quarterback hit, was by far the player. By far. This is a really bad bit. There's nothing wrong with he saying... He was complimentary to everybody else. No, he I wasn't mean, complimentary. He was dominant. He needs to start opening his eyes in pass coverage. He was I mean, dominant. You're just hanging on to something. Like, you're doing a bit, man. It's a bad... I get it. I want Patrick Queen to be an even better version of himself. But to pretend like that didn't happen yesterday is you... Just deciding that because you don't like Patrick Queen, do you're going to do it another things. five or six weeks in a row, and like, like a first round pick you're, should. And you're, you're, you're doing. I don't know. This is a bad bit, man. Like it's a really I bad I mean, I don't bit. Think he's, like he's, you, you, you're you're having what you say about do it for five weeks in a row. That's a, that. If we're doing who are the best Ravens of the season, that's a relevant conversation. When you are judging one football game, which is what this segment is, you don't get to say, "Well, he needs to do it for five games in a row." No, you're judging what happened in the game. I don't think the Ravens have good wide receivers, right? But if James Prochet had been a monster yesterday, I'm not going to come on here today and be like, well, I don't think the Ravens have good enough wide receivers. So. It wasn't drafted in the first round. No one expects that from him. You yeah. keep trying to make this about where somebody was drafted. Nobody's. This is not a judgment of Patrick Queen, the draft pick. This is a judgment of what happened on the football field yesterday, where Patrick Queen was the best player on the field. Now I get it. There are other people that have I other mean, guys at number one, but I don't. I, there's nobody else that has Patrick Queen off the list. Well, hang on, there aren't a lot of guys who have other people at number one. I got to take that back. Overwhelmingly, Patrick Queen is number one. I mean, I it's not it's not close. Um, Shauna has him at number two and has Gus number one. I have no problem with that. I had Gus as my number one as well. I, I uh, thought. I mean, uh, he. Uh, I feel like the uh, offense looks almost completely different when he runs uh, the football. He uh, just. Gladney has Gus one and Queen two, and again, a couple of people have gone the opposite way with one and two, and again, I don't think that's crazy. I disagree, but it's a couple of people. Overwhelmingly. Randy has uh, Pat Ricard as his number four. I don't, I don't see that, but whatever. I mean, that's, that's his choice. Um, uh, Nick had Queen two and Houston one. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm, what I'm worried about is that you're doing... Randy also you, didn't have Patrick Queen on his either. So. Uh, Randy's... I don't know which... I Randy Morgan. I'm, I'm looking at Morgan's list. Uh, so so you got one guy. You found I, one I, person. I, I mean, I, I'm fine with being on an island here. I, I, this is... There's something else going on. The problem is you're not defending it well. I, I you're defending he's, it about where he was drafted or where I, you're defending about how he's played. I think he was a good complimentary defender, along with uh, several other defenders on on Chuck Clark as well. I, when you say he was a comp- category, he completely on one drive took over, and you think that was a compliment Who, to what, what? What other linebackers can't do that? 
he was the one that did, Griffin. Like, they, no other did it players did it on that game. Like, okay. that's what I happened. Mean, It'd be like me saying, yeah, Lamar played well, but, like, you know, other quarterbacks could have done that too. He's the one. He's the one they have. I don't get to judge it against other things. I This feels like an old, like, this is the... Once you've decided that something is the way you feel about something, that you it's 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 um it's the bad uh, ESPN or Fox Sports stick where if I hate LeBron James, I just have to hate LeBron James no matter what occurs. I just have to find another excuse to say LeBron stinks because that's my bit, that's my shtick. And if that's what you want to do, again, I get it. Like those people make good money. I it's very hard to get those jobs, right? Like it's tough. Those are tough jobs to get, but. You know, if that's what you're looking to do is to just be a guy that says, you know, carnival barking things and, and says nonsense for the sake of saying it, that I get it. Like, the, it, what you're looking at is evidence that, that type of stuff works. I, I don't but, think it's I don't think it's obvious that he was the best player out I, there. I mean, I, I think what I don't know what the, world. the pass rush was. was the pass rush important. was all, the pass rush was good. Nobody's saying the pass rush yeah. wasn't. I good. think it was more There's important than anything that Queen did. Queen was part of that. You understand? That, yeah, right? I, I do like, understand. He that. was part of that. He was involved with the pass. He rush. happened to go unblocked on 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 what back to back plays, right? Like, and he like, made the plays. Like he was the one, as he should. Like it's right. Uh, they still happened. It's like not giving somebody credit because they caught a touchdown when they were open. Like, yeah, the guy had three touchdowns, but he was open all three of them, so it doesn't count. Yeah, like, no, they those were the plays that occurred. He had to do something to get open. <laughs> So he earned that touchdown. Right. Somebody, he, even if you're unblocked, you still have to go make the play. Like, you understand how that works. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have he, to make the play. You're right. He made it. He made, he made the play. He made a couple plays. He made a lot of plays. I could, I could be swayed into making him my fifth, plays. I guess. This is a bad bit, man. But I, this is I a think, really I think bad Gino bit Stone and Campbell and Houston were far more important to the win really, than, really bad than Patrick Queen. You're doing with your Patrick Queen thing. Like, I, I, I what once you decide something, I get it. You've decided it. Like that's the way you are. But at some point, you have to be willing to separate and look at something and say, okay, today there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, Patrick Queen played really well yesterday. I'd like to see that continue. I'm not convinced yet that Patrick Queen is a high level player because I haven't seen that game in and game out. So I need to see more of that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like when we get into this debate about, you know, people being mad that I, um, you know, call out Lamar Jackson for not hitting a checkdown. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying I don't like I don't like the call. It's when you decide that you don't like the coordinator, so you'll never blame the player, right? That you just lose all. I mean, I still get it constantly. The standard for open receivers is low if a checkdown qualifies as having guys open. Yes. <laughs> Yes! Correct! You've solved the puzzle! Congratulations! Like, congratulations. I don't know what to tell you. Have you been paying attention? The standard is low! You're right! But an open receiver is an open receiver. I mean, imagine if we criticized Kurt Warner for throwing the ball to Marshall Falk over the years. Like, imagine if we pretended, like, well, it's just, this is how stupid we are. We think a check down isn't a real complete pass. Because we don't like Greg Roman. And we're at a loss. We're doing anything we can to try to defend Lamar Jackson over not throwing the ball to the open receiver. 
Well, I mean, he's trying to he's trying to make the the real play call work. Okay, it didn't. They got sacked for a seven yard loss. What are we doing? Where are we? What is this? What is this? What is this bit that we're doing? I I, I mean, this I, is he, very similar. Needs... It's deciding that you don't like something. So because you don't like it, you're going to ignore. He needs what to be happened. more consistent. He had two big plays yes, that I, stood out. Uh, overall, though, every, I think everybody else conform, uh, performed more consistently and and deserves and deserves the crap. I mean, it was a good team win. It was a defensively. Defensively, I agree that it was a good defensive yeah, unit. Defensively. with one guy that was clearly the best defensive player on the field. Geno Stone. Sure, we'll just keep saying that for the sake of saying it. All right. We'll get him up. Geno Stone's been Brady. stepping in to play safety. He G- played every single snap yesterday. And, and, and also committed an atrocious penalty downfield. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean and then he stop. Picked up for it. He made some plays. Nobody's saying Geno Stone didn't make some plays. But the totality of Geno Stone's day wasn't just that he wasn't number one. It's that the totality of it made it so that he couldn't I, – I, I can't believe he would be on the list. Like, you can't – He ended the game. And the he was game the best was, tackler the on the field. The game was over. You're you're doing a bit when yeah. you say he ended the game. The game was over. Stop, stop. You're just All trying right. to do. Well, things Gus now. was my number one. I think Gus was very, very. I it was agree. very great Gus to have great. him back. It was and, great. Uh, it was great. Gus was great. He, I, he's, he's just a great running back. I don't um, he runs hard. He runs yeah. really damn hard. I was, I was said to my friend, I was like, has he's he ever been a, tackled for loss? He's not a complete player. He's not the you know pass well, catcher that yeah. some guys are, but he's a hell of a runner. And he, the Ravens are better when they have Gus Edwards. There's, there's definitely. There is no question about that. Hopefully, um, hopefully at some point this season we could see he and J.K. Dobbins on the field together again. That would be a neat, a neat thing that I would like uh, very much. But um, we still wait that out. And the Kenyon Drake experiment was fun for a week, and just was a mess yesterday. After that, all right, continue. Get me your pats on the ass. We'll continue to share them throughout the day at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and we'll get them posted up glennclarkradio.com. Tidbit brought to you today by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, the best place to watch and bet on all of the games. And the World Series, of course, gets underway this weekend as well, starting on Friday uh, for games one and two, Friday and Saturday. You can make your reservations right now to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Don't forget, same same game Parlay Plus now available. You can put parlays together up to 25 legs, and they can involve both teams in one game. And also, you can register a $25 Super Bowl futures bet by going to fanduel.com slash SBNAZ. All right, got a couple ones uh, from after... After the baseball weekend, so the Phillies they won 19 fewer regular season games than the Astros. That is the second largest regular season wins differential in a World Series, behind only 1906 when the White Sox won 23 fewer games than the Chicago Cubs. And the uh, White Sox, who won fewer regular season games, ended up winning that series. How about that? Yeah. Um. What else do we have? Garrett Cole. He has allowed a home run in nine consecutive postseason starts. Which is the tied with you, Darvish, for the longest such streak in that? postseason history. How about that? They're both very good pitchers, yeah. but that's you know it's odd. And then uh, Eno Saris, this one was actually earlier last week, I think. Um, but he says he said he said that Aaron Nola has thrown ten thousand fastballs in his career. Nine of them have been ninety six miles per hour or 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 higher, um, and three of those nine have been thrown to Austin Nola, his brother. So he's really gassing up. He's really gassing up. How about that? And then finally, uh, Bryce Harper became only one of five players 
to record 20 extra base hits in his first 30 career postseason games after yesterday's uh, performance and that go-ahead home run. And uh, so I wanted to see if you could name the four other guys that he joins on this very exclusive list of 20 or more extra base hits in their first 30 career postseason games. Say that one more time. 20 or more yeah. extra base hits in their first 30 career postseason games. Yeah, I really have no idea. Um, it feels like it could be just about anybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, Babe Ruth. Good guess. Uh, wrong guy from that era. Uh, from that era? Lou Gehrig? Yes. Lou Gehrig has 20-plus extra base hits in his first 30 career postseason games. Reggie Jackson. Good guess. Not Reggie Jackson. The other, the other three are relatively more modern. Um, Derek Jeter, not Derek Jeter. David Ortiz, not David Ortiz. Uh, Jose Altuve, not Jose Altuve. Another Astro. Uh, he was with the Astros. Um, mm. I don't think he did. He win with them. I don't think he ever won with them. Hmm. He was with the Astros. I don't think he ever won with them. I really have no idea who would fit that. He was with the Astros. I don't think he ever won with them. <laughs> Boy, I don't know. Raul Abanez? No, I don't know. He never won with them. Not Raul Abanez. Who, who else was with the Astros but never? He, he ended his career with the Astros. Ended his career so with the Astros. So very, not, not really what, where he yeah, spent most right, of his I'm career. I'm probably going to think about this entirely too much <laughs> for a guy that's not, not the answer. All right, I don't, I don't know. Give me, give me something better for this Um, guys. He was I'm, on I'm, several different teams. Let's see. Kansas. He started with Kansas City, then was with the Mets for a while. Started with Kansas City. Then had was had, had his quick while. stops at St. Louis and New York before finishing up in Houston. Started in Kansas City. Was with the Mets. Yep. And went across the. Well, actually, no. They it sounds like Carlos Beltran, but that would be correct. Oh, okay, Carlos Beltran. I actually thought the Beltran did win with the Astros. If I'm being honest with that you, that was. Tw- did they win in 2017? Yes. Oh, then yeah. Then yeah, he did. God's sakes! Sorry. That was when they first won. Good, <sighs> good job, Lou Gehrig and Carlos Beltran. Two more. Just we got it. It's 12 nights. Uh, we got it. Talk another St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, uh, uh Pujols. Not Pujols. Mr. Uh, I don't know, Mr. Playoffs, I guess, or Mr. David Freeze. David Freeze is on this list, and then so is the great Oriole from 2014, only year with the Orioles. Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz, also on this list of 20, very good, or more extra base hits in their first 30 career postseason games. Tubular is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can use the code Tailgate right now at GinsuGrills.com and save $100. When you order your Ginsu Kamado Grill, it is the perfect home grill or tailgate for searing, baking, grilling, and smoking all kinds of food. Again, GinsuGrills.com. Use the code tailgate, and you'll save $100. Here's what's coming up, Totally Tubular-wise. No baseball, and that's going to make this whole week kind of a bummer, just the reality of it, until we get to Friday. and. Then it's the weekend. We don't really need things at that point. But such is life. Um, Monday Night Football tonight, Patriots hosting the Bears at 8-15. The subplot is that uh, Bill Belichick and George Hallis are currently tied for the second most wins all time in coaching history. So there's that. It's on ESPN. I guess the Mannings are back uh, for ESPN2 tonight as well. Capitals Devils at 7 on NBC Sports Washington. NHL Network for Penguins Oilers at 8. NBA TV Magic Knicks at 7.30. Nuggets Blazers at 10. USA Network for West Ham United and AFC Bournemouth at 3. And then WWE Raw at 8. Anything non-sports wise? Not really. This is a very slow night. Um, Let's see. Bachelor in Paradise. 
Taylor Swift will be on Jimmy Fallon tonight. Okay. And uh, that is it. There's a movie called Mid-Century on Peacock, which is like a horror thriller kind of movie. Uh, where, you want me to tell you about it? A couple moves into a mid-century home in Florida. What? But it is, of course, haunted by the, uh, the, the, the guy, the architect who built it and who killed his two wives in front of his son in that house. <laughs> it's, okay. on pe- it's on Peacock. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Cool. That is the highlight. I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out if that sounds dumber to me or the guy that's trying to convince me that we don't know that something positive would have happened if they had thrown the ball to Gus Edwards on that <laughs> first day. We don't. We got a, a yard at least. Right? Uh, positive games, minimal waste. Uh, worse can happen than a sack there. Yeah. What? <laughs> Gus Edwards just runs backwards. I mean, what? <laughs> how, what are we? Do- how far? Like, this is the point where I'm like, I just give up. I just have to give up. Like, I can't. The, the gaslighting is unbelievable. <laughs> My God. All right. Uh, thanks today to um, uh, thanks to TJ Hushmanzada. Thanks to John Feinstein. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn and Will Barton, who you're about to hear from. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the <laughs> tab at glenclarkradio.com. Anything tomorrow? Uh, not at the moment. All Joe right. Serpico. Joe Serpico will join us Simply tomorrow. the bets. Simply the bets tomorrow. Stuff and things. Thanks, everybody, at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including uh, Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Have a great Monday. Uh, go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We wrap up today's show by catching up with uh, Baltimore's own Will Barton right here on GCR. Well, it's a pleasure now to be joined by one of Baltimore's own and a man who's come back home-ish as he is now a Washington Wizard, he is one of the most accomplished basketball players in the history of our city. A guy we've talked to a number of times over the year because he has come back this way and taken care of his hometown time and time again. He is Will Barton, and he's with us now here on GCR. Will, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, man, no problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. Will, can you take me through just this opportunity that was in front of you this offseason? And like I said, it's not home, home, but it's as close as you can get to home. What has it been like for you being back this way playing basketball? Oh, man, it's been a blessing. Like you said, it's the, um, it's the closest, you know, I could get to ever playing, you know, home in front of, you know, my, my city of Baltimore. Um, it always was a a dream of mine to one day in the NBA be able to play for the Wizards just because it's close to home and my family would be able to see me play on a regular basis. So to be able to get it done before my career was over and while I still have a lot of good basketball left in me, um, it was just a blessing. I mean, it's it's a really cool story that it's worked out that way. How much time have you been able to spend back at home? I, I know like, we'd, we'd like to pretend like we're neighbors, but it, it is a haul, right, <laughs> especially in traffic. Um, how is it, what does this look like in your reality since you come back this way? Um, when I first got traded, I was coming home a lot um, just to visit my family and, you know, friends of that nature but you know now that the season's here I'm pretty much in DC four times it's just all business right now so like you said that's a long haul for me to try to you know keep uh making that jump uh he know daily so I'm pretty much here right now he is Will Barton he is with us here on GCR now that he's back with the Wizards the pride of Lake Clifton um will the opportunity for you to reconnect with uh, Wes Unsell Jr how significant was that for you 
Oh man, very significant. Um, you know, me and Wes had some good years together in Denver. We helped turn that thing around there. So, you know, when, to see him, you know, become a head coach, I was very proud of him. And now be able to, you know, get here and join him. Hopefully, we can turn the thing around here too. And you know, that would mean a lot to me. You, you like, did you know him at all before you got to Denver? Obviously, you know, it's it's unique, right? Like. You know, it's it's still a rather small circle, like in in the Baltimore basketball scene. Did you know Wes before your time together in Denver? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I knew of him, obviously, but I didn't know him personally. What What would you What would you say like um, is the most important thing that's made him successful? Like, why is it that Wes has ri- risen to the ranks and has been able to become a head coach? Uh. I think his ambition, uh, his dedication to the sport, his dedication to uh, details. West puts in a lot of a lot of work. He always did, even in Denver as assistant coach. Um, and I think he's a, a very personable, you know, person. Um, he, he's really good at building a relationship with guys, and you know, he communicates well. And um, you know, he wants it so. Um, you know, you put all those things together, you know, good things are only, you know, bound to happen. You know, we, we like to call our city Smaltimore, as you know. Like, when you guys first, like, hooked up together in Denver, did you have a conversation where you realized, like, you knew somebody, knew somebody? Like, like how many points did it take for you guys to be able to realize, like, oh, no, we basically run with the same people? Like, how, how difficult was it for you to find a connection? Uh, it wasn't difficult at all with him. <laughs> Him, myself, and then Tim Connolly. Sure. Um, yep. You know, we and, and then Mike Malone actually coaching uh, college at Loyola. I mean, it, it, Baltimore conversations always came up. Right. I actually said for a little while, like, you guys had to be our adopted team because of all of that. Like, we were going to have to embrace. I think we had Tim on at one point. We said, bro, this is the way it's going to have to go. We're all going to have to embrace you guys. That's the way it's going to have to be. Um, Will, I, I know you guys were so close in Denver these last few years, and you were smelling the opportunity to win a title. Is it? Is it? I'm not. I'm not trying to dismiss the opportunity that you have in Washington in any way. And I know that's your goal. That's what you guys are going for. But, but is it tough to go through that and being so close and not getting there, and then to try to have to, you know, maybe build a little bit more from the ground level as you come to a new place? Um. You know, it's tough, but at the same time, you know, it's a part of the business. And, you know, at any given moment, you know, things can change. And sometimes they can change drastically. So I try not to, you know, look, you know, look, look in the past and look behind me. I try to focus on where I'm at now and the things I'm trying to accomplish. And we have a good opportunity here in Washington, and I'm just trying to fully embrace it and, and uh, get things done here now. I get that. I completely understand that. You're, you're a decade in. We're chatting with Will Barton, uh, Baltimore Zone, Pride of the Wizards. Now he is with us on GCR. Um, Will, you know, you, you're a decade into your NBA career. Like, if I had gone back and said to you as a young man, like, dude, you're going to play for a decade at least. By the way, it doesn't look like you're slowing down anytime soon. It's going to go way past that. You're going to play for over a decade in the NBA. What would you have said to me if I had told you that, like, when you were 12? That was always my plan, man, to be honest with you. Um, ever since I was a kid, a young kid, uh, it, it was the only thing I seen myself doing. So, um, 
I was already, you know, envisioning, you know, playing the NBA and, and, and playing for the long playing for a long time is a blessing that I got to live it out and act and actually uh, accomplish it. But uh these are things that I always thought I would be doing. I mean, I respect that, bro. And I know that you worked your ass off in order to get to this point and you've deserved it at every turn. Um, Will, I, I don't know how much of a, a reflective person you are. When we have people on, we always like to ask a question. We like to, to say, like, what's your pinch me moment? You've done so many things in your life and you've been around so many guys. Um, is, is there anything to this point so far that you look back on and say, dude, like this is the moment that I look back and I say, wow, I can't believe I got to do this or I got to be with around this person or spend time learning from this person, do you have any one moment to this point in your life that really stands out to you? Oh, definitely. Uh, get my first NBA start in the NBA playing against Kobe. Yeah. Then uh, being able to talk to him after the game and him give me pointers. And then, you know, when I got to Denver, when my career finally took off, I actually, uh, you know, got his number and we would text from time to time and, yeah. you know, he would give me advice and pointers and things he worked on in the off season. So uh, that was uh, something that I was like, wow. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, man. I'm going to be honest with you. That beats a lot of the ones we've heard over the years. Um, like That's surreal. How much do you feel that now moving forward? Because he took that time for you. How much have you felt the responsibility to carry on his legacy in the last few years? Uh, I feel no responsibility, man. Kobe is a once in a lifetime type of type of player, type of person. Um, I just try to take the good that I can from him and try to implement it in my life as best as I can. But uh, you know, that there can only be one Kobe, and 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 that's that. I I respect everything about that. All right, just another minute or two here with Will Barton of the Wizards. He's with us on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Will, I mentioned earlier, uh, you've come back, you know, you've hosted your events at the Dome, you have been very involved with this city. Um, how important has that continued to be for you, your connection with Baltimore and knowing, you know, you you are like one, the guy in many ways, you know, we'll see if Melo ends up back in the league at some point this year, but like you are in many ways the guy that kids right now are looking up to in this city and saying, we want to be like this guy, we want to have the opportunities to, to get out and do the things that Will has done? Um, it's something that I always envisioned, man. Um, I always wanted to be one of the guys that, you know, gave our city hope and um, that they could embrace and hopefully give them some type of blueprint to, to accomplish anything they want to do, whether, uh, whether it's basketball or something else. Just showing that I could come from the places that they come from, and you know, seeing some of the same, seeing some of the things they've seen, and you know, still accomplish greatness, and um, be able to go out there and just um, do whatever you want to do and be whatever you want to be, as long as you believe and have faith and and work hard. I think that's what I stand for. That's what my career stood for. That's that's why I'm as a person, and um, I know our city is you know the same way. So I try to just give them that feel and, and give them that, uh, that, that, that touch that they can see. I, I, me. I, I, it, we notice it, man. And I hope you understand how much it means. Like it, it really, it, it is, it is so as significant as anything you do on the floor 
the fact that you care so much about this place and showing that to kids here, it, it means a whole lot to us. And then before I let you go, when did you start getting into music, man? When, when did, have, is it something that you've always been into? Like when did that trans, transition happen for you that said, I, I want to do this? Um, I always liked music, obviously. Um, just like any other kid growing up, I listened to, you know, a lot of music. But uh, I really got into it with one of my closest friends, uh, started rapping seriously and he, once he got real good at it um he would always send me his music just before it came out to study it and ask him how it sounds and ask me how it sounds so when he started doing that i really started just listening to all different kinds of music all genres of music different artists and i would listen for my my my, my listening ear changed it wasn't it became more complex i started listening for sounds and I started listening. I started taking taking heed into lyrics and what people were saying, and I just got really into it. And um, after that, I I got so into it. I, I just wanted wondered if I could ever do it, and you know, I did it. Wow, man! Is it something that you think you're going to stick with, like as as you continue moving forward? Was it I needed to scratch the itch, or is this part of your life now moving forward? Uh, it's a part of my life. Uh, I made two music. Uh, EPs already, so I would say it's a part of my life now. Uh, you can check out Thrill on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Music as well, correct? Yeah, every any streaming site. Any, any streaming, streaming site, site, you can go check it out. Yeah. Will Barton, man, we're so happy that you're back this way. It's such a cool story. Uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to do throughout the season, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. I know you're really busy. Appreciate you doing this. Uh, congratulations on being back at home, if you will. No problem, man. Thanks for having me.